Blog Talk Radio. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Let's go! The station with the best, 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 best music. Best music. I love the music. Best music. Every day I'm shuffling. It's your boy, Curdy and T, behind the scenes radio. The number is 917-889-9112. Make sure that you press 1 if you want to talk to me, my co-host, my co- I say co-host, co-host, or we got RZA 
Islam, make sure that you check them out on Instagram at underscore R-I-Z-Z-A-I-S-L-A-M, I believe, Islam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, make sure that you check him out on Instagram. Make sure that you follow him, like his post, because we can talk about a lot of good stuff. But we're going to play like two more tracks. We're going to play two more tracks. Then we get right into it, because I know everybody got a lot of questions. We got people calling in from the 561, the 816, and the 251. And we got more people that's going to be calling in. So make sure you stay tuned in. Once again, the number is 917-889-9112. Make sure that you press 1 if you want to talk. The next track that we're going to play is Amy Alita, Like Mine, featuring Keon Andre on Behind the Scenes Radio. Wanna show you like you've never seen it done before. Take it from the top, work your body nice and slow. Hey, hey. 
on five Numbers 917-889-9112. Make sure that you press 1 if you want to talk to RZA. All right, so we got RZA on the show, so go, go ahead. Okay. RZA was born on March 17th ooh, in 1990. I didn't realize that. I guess it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's the youngest of 10 children. He grew up in Compton, California. He attended... Compton College, majoring in political science, and he also studied briefly at Hubbard College of Administration. Um, he wound up doing numerous things as in mentoring and tutoring other children. Hold on. Uh, he helped with... Exposed. Uh, no, it, yeah, exposed. Exposing that the measles, the MMR shot, causes a lot of male African-American children to have autism. He set up a meeting with key leaders within the community, including Minister Tony Muhammad and individuals within the political sector, such as Bobby Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and Byron Hooker. The information was so massive that he was flown to Chicago to meet with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to bring it to him. Uh, he has done numerous things. As I said, if you follow him on Instagram, you see that he's awakening people, sharing his intellect, intelligence, various information. Please welcome Riza. What's up, Riz? Yeah, peace, family, peace. I'm Lakeham. How you doing? Good. How about yourself, brother? Oh, man, I'm good, brother. I'm, I'm doing magnificent. Just another day on the mission, doing my best for the people, brother. And I, I love your show, and I'm honored to be here, and I thank you very much for allowing me to come onto the platform. Uh, I'm, I'm honored for you to even come on our show, you know what I mean? Like, just off the GP of just seeing everything that you be posting and all the information, man, like, it really, like, opens up people's eyes to really realize, like, what is really going on around them because a lot of people do not know what is actually really going around. It's that, that the uh, the screen that they got in front of us and throwing everything else in front of us, but really mm-hmm. what's really going on behind it is, is what's really going on. No, so. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So, Reza, how is Kanishi? Hi, how are you? I'm good, sister. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, how exactly did you pick your major for political science? Funny thing That's is, right. when I was when I, when I was going to college in Compton, the first thing I majored in was business. And then uh, because that's generally what they, you know, what, what people were telling me was, you know, major in business. You'll be able to do anything with business. And um, so I did that for the first semester. And I pretty much looked at it and I said, no, nah, that's not what I want to do. And I was, you know, I was hanging around a lot of people in the political sector. Uh, my family is involved in politics, uh, certain parts of my family. And so they were saying, 
you know, you want to help people like you've been doing recently, you want to keep doing this, you know, if you want to be able to do it on a larger scale, you might want to go into politics, you know. So I said, okay, you know what, let me go ahead and do that. And so I switched my major from business to political science. And although I didn't graduate, I'm still happy I did that only because I was able to learn so much about how much they lie to us <laughs> through politics. And I said, damn, so I'm glad I switched to that major because they, they gave me some secrets that I needed to know. And uh, that's pretty much how it started. So let's start right here. Wait, wait. So mm-hmm. your family has a political background? Just a few of them, yes. Yes, my, my stepfather in particular, he used to be the mayor pro tem of Linwood, California. Mm-hmm. So can we start off? So can we start off by asking you, what is the biggest lie that they tell us? Man, damn. <laughs> All right, let me see. Um, it used to be that Jesus was white. Okay, that's the that's the general one. That's what it used to be because that actually controls the entire world of black and brown, Aboriginal, Asiatic, Indigenous people. That was the biggest right. lie. That was the biggest thing that helped. Christianity is to spread and to help to subjugate us as a people. Basically, they told us Jesus was white, and ergo, indirectly, the white man must be God, and so God must be white, and we must be the children of the devil, which is the only other father. Therefore, we're demons, demon children, and we need to worship the white man. That's pretty much, that was the biggest lie. But now, ooh, man, I, I really don't know what the biggest one would be today. Uh, another one that they do say is racism doesn't exist. That's another one that they say today. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big damn lie. Like, oh, okay. Like, y'all just tripped. You know, just some of y'all tripped. Man, y'all, y'all wasn't in slavery. You know, I don't know why y'all tripped. You able to, get, you know, get a burger. You free to do whatever you want to do. All of this, man. There's so many lies. I, man, that's that's a that's a nice question. Actually, I've never had anyone ask me that question. What is the biggest lie they told us? I'm like, man, that's so damn many. But I would have to say right now that racism doesn't exist. Okay, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Constitution and the amendments and everything, where mm-hmm. they wanted to include black people so they can get more seats in Senate and Congress, but mm-hmm. not include black people so they're with a, a what is mm-hmm. it, a, a quarter? One third, well, one third of, what? of a person. Right. So mm-hmm. is it still like that? Or or did they try to sneak it in and attempt to change it? The funny thing is the three-fifths compromise is what you're referring to, and that is where they wanted us to represent enough as a human being to where they could tax us and have us to be included in the voting process so that they could have a sway in the amount of influence they would have over the country, depending on who they voted in, but not enough for us to be classified as human beings. So that was a three-fifths compromise. And funny thing is, a lot of these so-called laws were taken out of the Constitution. A lot of these things were amended and changed supposedly on paper, but the activity is the same. So if the activity doesn't change, then regardless of whether or not it's written on the paper, it is still written in the minds of the people who have the influence and the power. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it, it doesn't have to be on no paper. Yeah, it doesn't have to be on paper. It's like, for instance, with us being murdered today, it was legal for them to murder us under the Casual Killing Act of 1669. That was that was regular. They could kill us legally if we refused to do what they said or refuse an order or anything. They could just kill us and say, well, you know, he wasn't listening to me. The boy wasn't listening. The nigga wouldn't listen. <laughs> so they just kill us. But the funny thing is they do the same thing today even though that's no longer on paper or literary written rule. It's still being carried out in activity as though it is. So if the mind does not change, then regardless of what's on the paper, it's still 
in activity is still being employed. That's the difference today. People think that seeing how it's not written, it doesn't exist. No, that doesn't matter. Being written right now when it comes to these things, no. No, no, no. It's, it, are the activities changing? That is the question. Because if it's still being carried out, then it still exists. Okay, so how do you put in the context that a lot of African Americans, blacks, people of color, don't realize the three-fifths law? Mm-hmm. So they, they, you know, how, how do you reconcile that it's still in their minds, but a lot of them, and I, I, you know, I'm surprised my daughter didn't know this, they don't know it. Right. Right. Well, the first thing is to know that we don't know. That's the, the first step is to make them aware of it. That's the first thing. They have to become aware that this thing actually existed. A lot of people, black folks, don't even know anything about the three-fifths compromise. They don't know anything about uh, a thing. They don't know anything about taxation without representation. They don't know anything about us actually being sold to be a part of the tax system in 1913. They don't know anything about this. So when you come to them, the first thing we have to do is make them aware of what happened in the past. And then once they know what happened in the past, they then will be able to understand what's happening in the present. Because if you break down to them exactly what it was back then, when we were three-fifths of a human being, we had less value than that of a dog. If you killed a dog being a black man back then, they will kill you or bring you to prison. Today, same exact thing. You kill a dog, you yep. go to prison. Who was it? Who was it? Michael Vick? Who was fighting yep. dogs? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, but damn, hold on. So a dog still has more importance than a black man? Why? You can shoot me, kill me, make an excuse. But if I fight dogs, that I don't kill them, but we fight the dogs, oh, I'm going to prison. The same damn thing. <laughs> this is the same thing in activity. So the thing that we have to do is, one, make everyone aware. Number one, let them know, okay, did you, you ever heard of the three-fifths compromise? Anybody? No? Okay, boom. Let them know real quick, 60 seconds or less, drop it on them, boom. All right, after they know, cool. Then let them know, how does it sound now? Is any of this going on today? The things that I just named, are those things happening today? And they'll, they'll yeah. clearly be saying, well, hell yeah, it's going on. Oh, okay, so it hasn't changed? No. <laughs> so then they're like, oh, okay, I got it. So that we just have to make them aware because, sadly, sister, a lot of our people just don't know. Um, as many of us who are still waking up right now, there are more of us waking up now than ever before. The only problem is it's still not enough yet. So we have to continue to educate, continue to blast this information out and use social media to our advantage, not to the enemy's advantage. All right. My next question is, mm-hmm. as a black person, do mm-hmm. I really actually have rights in the United States? Because when they wrote the Constitution, we were slaves. They looked at mm-hmm. us as property. So do we mm-hmm. actually really have any rights? Because when they wrote it, we didn't have no rights. And it seems mm-hmm. like we ain't got no rights now because we get killed in the middle of the streets and don't nobody go to jail for it. So mm-hmm. do we actually really have any rights in the United States of America? Hell, <laughs> I see why y'all brought me up on here. Y'all, y'all, y'all getting wrecked. All right. <laughs> All right. Let me answer this. Let me say it this way. Yes and no, but I'll say it uh, even more so like this. If you are not aware of what rights are, if you do not know law, then you will not be able to employ your rights and you will be suppressed and oppressed by the law. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you don't if know you what you're talking about, then then you will, be you will be the effect of it. You will continue. Basically, if you don't know that you're a slave and the laws that make you a slave, then you will forever be a slave. 
You have to know what the hell they use against you so that you can flip it on them. That's the number one thing. They take advantage of the fact that we were slaves when they wrote the Constitution. They took advantage of the fact that they put in the redlining and everything during the Jim Crow era. They took advantage of the fact that they made the black holes and established the black holes, and they made it forbidden for us to read them. They took advantage of that. The only problem today is we have all the access to this information, but we don't go and get it. That's the problem. That's why if you wear a suit, and you're wearing glasses, you get stopped at over by the police, you're wearing a nice clean suit with a, with a tie on, and they pull you over, one of the first questions they'll ask you is, are you a lawyer? Yeah, really? Know. Oh, hell, oh, please. I, man, look, I've been pulled over plenty of times in my suit, and they'll ask me, are you a lawyer? Because the way I am dressed lets them know that this brother got something different in his head than the rest of his people. He clearly gets something. They are trained to... Identify and profile you depending on how you dress, what you wear, what you sound like, what comes out of your mouth, literally the contents of your conversation, how well you articulate your words, everything. They're literally trained to come after us on these avenues. So so when you are ignorant of the law, the funny thing is that whole ignorance of the law is no excuse, that only applies to black folks because white folks do it all the time. They oh, I'm sorry, officer, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I couldn't do that. I, I didn't know I couldn't make that turn. I didn't know. And they'll let them go. No, ignorance of the law is no excuse. It's something that they put in there for black folks because they knew that we would be ignorant because they made us ignorant by forbidding us and preventing us from being able to read and access law. So I'm going to not let you read. Then I'm going to create laws that require you to read them, to know about them. And then I'm going to say ignorance of the law is no excuse because you're totally ignorant. So ergo, what demographic of people will be subjugated under all these laws? other than the ones who I forbid to read such laws. Therefore, I will make a perpetual group of people to always be my slave forever because they don't know that they are slaves. They don't know the law. They don't even want to learn the law. You get what I'm saying? So we, the first thing we need to do, I recommend everybody, go to a bookstore, you go to Amazon. I don't shop on Amazon anymore, but if you go on Amazon or if you go uh, to DR, DTR 360 Books, go to any one of these websites, and order a pocket constitution. It's like $2, eight quarters. Order a pocket constitution. It's real small. You could, you know, carry it with you and study that thing. It's like, I think it's like 60 pages, but it has the full constitution in it. It has the preamble. It has all that in there. So you can have that, and you can study that and learn about it and, uh, and not be a victim to this law because the moment you know about this, then you're no longer a slave, then you'll realize you do have some rights. We do. We have some. We do have some. Um, but the only problem is because we are not aware of those, then we are, are easily victims to it because we don't even know how to defend ourselves. When we get shot, pulled over, whatever, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. So, therefore, it's, we're, we're easy. We're sitting ducks out here. <laughs> Let's put it that way. We are easy pickings out here because they know that for the majority, we don't know the law. And so they take advantage of that. So we need to flip that on them. My next question, I think this is like really serious to me. Mm-hmm. It's really serious to me because I run, because uh, for the last, I'm going to say three years, I've become woke. I study stuff mm-hmm. now and I really like research things. And everybody talking about let's come together. When we going to come mm-hmm. together? And I've, I've, you're not the, you're the first person that I've contacted that actually that actually came on the show. I mean, I've contacted, you name them, 
I've, I'm not going to name names, but I've contacted these people and tried to get them on the show to do the same thing that you're doing, just to speak to the people, because it's a lot of people on the line tonight that's listening. When mm-hmm. will we... When will we actually really all – will it ever be a time where we will all come back together and be in control once again like yeah, we was yeah, at one point? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that was a, that's a beautiful question, and I'm happy you asked that question because the people need to hear such a thing. Number one, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan was asked a similar question, but he was asked that question as it pertains to the religious community and particularly Muslims and Christians coming together. And the woman asked him, she said, will we come together? Will there be a point when we will all unite and come together? And he said, hell, yeah, that's easy. He said, just allow the police to keep killing you the way they're killing you. And eventually you will ignore these damn titles in the conscious community as one of the religious community as well as the gangbanging community, and you will realize, oh, we all looked at as niggas. <laughs> we Oh, we, we all niggas. Yeah, we all niggas. Not Muslim, Christian, Hebrew, Israelite, Nawabian, blood, crypt, Pan-African. No, 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 bro. You are considered a nigga in this country, on this land. That is what you are considered. And the moment you realize and wake the hell up that that is what the system sees you as, then you will be able to come together and understand we are one people. We may have different ways of looking at it, but we are one people. And just like the Chinese, just like the Japanese, just like the Koreans, just like the Jewish community, just like the Indian community, just like the Native community, they all stick together and they have a nation mentality, not an individualistic one. So we have to come back into the nation village mentality and get rid of that nonsense, I'm going to do me, you do you, YOLO, you know, I'm going to do mine, I'm going to eat, forget y'all type of mentality. See, that, okay. that is the point. Mm-hmm. How do you figure um, after over 400 years of it being put into our head of separating people of color, oh, you're this color, you're the brown paper bag color, you're lighter than the brown paper bag, you're darker than the brown paper bag. How do mm-hmm. you figure that mentality to be erased? Oh, simple. Just like I was just saying right now, the first thing is knowledge of self. Knowledge of self, meaning we have to actually learn about who we are. Okay, there's there's lots of different variations when it comes to history. Okay, we do know that, yes, we are the original people. We can call ourselves Asiatic. We can call ourselves Moorish, Hebrew, African, whatever you want to call yourself. We, in the nation, we tend to lean towards the term original because that kind of gets rid of all the nonsense. We are melanated people. We can say that, too, because that's a universal term. It's like, no, melanated, that's all of us that have a darker pigment, and not, and not even just a darker pigment, but all of us who contain a higher level of melanin, which is black, brown, red, and yellow. The only person who does not possess virtually any is the Caucasian. So if we look at ourselves as this and say, okay, in America, it's 40 to 50 million of us here. We have to literally get rid of these titles and all of these labels and understand what happened to us. Got to know what happened. And it doesn't take no whole lecture, three, four hours. We can go in one hour and just go down a list of certain things that happened to us so that we can understand, okay, we were completely destroyed. Okay, so you're my sister regardless of your light skin or dark skin. Okay, so that was Willie Lynch. Okay, so what happened? Who is Willie Lynch? And what did he put in place? That takes 10 minutes to break down. Most people have never read the Willie Lynch letter. They never read it. They don't know nothing about the Willie Lynch syndrome. They don't know. But if you tell them, it takes five minutes. The more we actually break this down to the people and just expose it to them and educate them and say, listen, this is what happened to you. Do you get it? Do you understand? 
Okay, good. And it's happening today, right? Right. So we need to end that. We need to get rid of it, period. I don't give a damn. You light-skinned, you dark-skinned, you tall, you short, it don't matter. You're from the West Coast, East Coast. No, 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 no. We family, we are the original people. We have to look out for another, just like everyone else looks out for their own, period. Right. We literally have to shut it down. I don't give a damn where I go. I don't force nobody to join the nation. I don't promote, come come join the nation. Come. It's like, listen, by birth, just so we're all clear on this, every original person is a part of the nation of Islam from birth. So I ain't got to push that on nobody. But what I do is I push the fact of the enemy is coming after us right now. So what you going to do? You going to sit and argue over some damn books, some religion that you don't know virtually nothing about, a whole bunch of right. history that you still learn yourself, a whole bunch of buildings right. and blocks that you don't own, or are you going to come together so that we can really do something for ourselves the way we used to before we were destroyed? See, we just got ended. That's the point. We have to literally end it. And it is. It's working. We are waking up. More of our people are learning, getting the knowledge itself. More people are talking about unity, you know, and coming together and pulling our resources and establishing business, buying land. You know, the conversation is happening now. How it's happening? And then people are doing it. Jay Morrison is doing it. You got some of our brothers in the West Coast doing it. It's really, it's happening. It just has to speed yeah. up a little bit. That's all. Yeah. All right, so let's go to the lines and, and let's let the people talk to you because a lot of people's on the line. We're going to go to the person that's been holding on and on. They've been holding on for like 30 minutes to talk wow. to you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, area, code, area code 251, last four digits. Four eight four five. You're on behind the scenes radio with Curdy and T, Nisi and Riza. You got any questions? All right, peace and blessings, brother. Peace, my brother. How you doing? Fine, man. I got a question about: uh, Is it okay to move to another state or out the country to start over with your family or anything sort? Well, I would say this, brother. First thing is, if you're moving to another state, always look at, one, the economic difference as far as the money, expenses, and all of that. You want to make sure you look at the expenses, the rent costs, the property taxes. You want to look at um, the demographic as far as how much is a one-bedroom in comparison to where you are now versus over there, a three-bedroom house or whatever. You want to always look at that first because a lot of people are moving due to that. That's one of the main reasons right now is uh, because it's cheaper, right? Um, Make sure you look at that. The second thing is you want to look at the schooling, the educational system, and their statistics on how successful the schooling is, and also if you want to go into private schooling or independent versus public. You want to look that up before you get there as well, if you have children. Okay. 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 Uh, um, I have another question. Yes, sir. Um, I have two girls, and I was trying to see how to um, break down the racism to them and let them know, mm-hmm. like, what's really going on in the world about, like, mm-hmm. the vaccine and and how everything is just really playing out. And I was just trying to see how I can explain that better to them. Yes, sir. How how young are um, the, the two young queens? How old are they? Well, I have a 10-year-old. I mean, she, mm-hmm. she owes about, like, the racism and everything, but she she asks questions like like why are the deaths uh how how many why are black people are really dying and everything and she go to mm-hmm. school and, and she 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 come home and ask a lot of questions and, and sometimes it'd be hard to explain to her. Yes, I have uh, a two year old. Okay. 
the first thing, uh, well, and, and just, just to finish on the last question really quick, anywhere you're going to move to within this country, always look at the economic difference, educational difference, as well as agricultural difference. So look at the quality of food, the quality of the schooling, and the, um, the, uh, the money difference, financial difference, as far as where you're going to live. You want to look at all of that, uh, and you also want to look at the policing system as well so that you can know what you have to prepare for. Okay, all right. yes, sir. Yes, I just sir. want to finish that up. And then, of course, moving to another country, that's a whole other demographic. Right? That's a whole other uh, uh, level. But if you do choose to do so, my recommendation is move somewhere still within this country, but also get all of your family passports and travel as soon as you can to another country that you are looking at relocating to. Go there for a week, see how it is, see how much the, it costs to live there, because more than likely you'll be able to survive off of $500 U.S. currency in certain parts of Africa for two or three months with just 500 bucks. okay, just, just to kind of give you an idea. So when you do um, get that idea of where you want to move to, relocate somewhere within this country, you know, stack up for some months, get your passports and everything, go travel abroad and see how it is first for, you know, at least a couple of days or a week, be out there with your family, see how it is, um, and then come back and then make a decision after that. That's my recommendation on that one. Um, okay. And, okay. And Thank you, answer, man. Yes, yeah, sir. So the and the next question dealing with um, the the sisters. Number one thing you want to do, seeing how you have a ten year old, she's mentally open now. That's why she's asking you questions. So seeing yes, how yes. she's open, she's ready to receive what you have to tell her. And I'm going to tell you, brother, as hard as it is, I have seven nieces, eight nephews, and two great nieces. I don't have any children of my own, but I definitely have young. Um, uh, members of my family, and the one thing you need to do now is you have to tell them the truth. It, yes, it, you have to you have to do it. Um, you can do it in the softest manner as you can, but you will have to tell them the truth because they're going they're going to see it whether or not you tell them. They're going to get yes. it in the street. They they're going to get it. They're going to get it at school. They're going to get it when they go to go eat wherever. Walking up and down the street, they're going to see it. So you have to tell them the truth. My recommendation is show her. Hidden Colors 2, and show her Hidden Colors 3, okay? okay? And that way you can watch it with her, and you can pause it whenever you need to pause it, and because you'll have, basically you'll get the answers from the video from brothers and sisters who are very, you know, highly trained in these areas, and they know all the knowledge and history and everything going on with this stuff. You can pause it, and then you can explain it to her so that you'll get the answers from them, boom, she sees it, hears it, and you can explain it to her to where she'll be able to understand it. So both of you will be educated at the same time, and also she'll get it, she'll see it, you'll get it, and you'll be able to uh, to go back and forth and clear things up for her because this is actually a very key time in her life that she knows exactly what's going on. Okay, sir. And I have one more question. Yes, sir. Um, how to talk to my family about, like, what's going on in the world? Mm-hmm. And, like, when I do bring it up or say anything about it, they, they automatically think I'm, like, crazy, evil. Or, you, know? <laughs> you must be in the South. You in the South? Yeah, man. I'm in yeah, you in the, you're damn right. You in the South. I know you in the South. I knew it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and what I mean by that, no no disrespect, I I'm, I'm, I'm knew that because that's our people in the South. The majority who are like that happen to be in the South. Because they are, you know, that's that's where the majority of slave states were. 
was in the South. Yeah. They, we couldn't read in the South. They, make, they made sure we remained ignorant. As a matter of fact, not only did they make sure we remained ignorant, but even if we tried to learn, they would give us so much pain. They would beat us up. They would kill us. They would do all this stuff. So the idea of learning is painful to us in the South. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's like, right. Hold on. it's like, hold on, man. Don't be, don't be, you sounding crazy, man. Now, don't be over here, you know, nah, brother. Just stick to what you know. All right, don't be, don't be going crazy, man. You see, it's, they, they become afraid when you start mm-hmm. opening their mind. You get it? So, so the best thing, brother, I'll tell you, uh, because I've had family like that, continue studying, you continue okay. to learn, and then you be the example. You just be the example. You show them things, and, and if they like certain people, certain artists, certain rappers, then send them videos where that artist or that rapper or that actor, whoever they like to look up to or watch on TV, show them a video where that person is saying the same thing that you've been saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because they they won't hear from you. They're like, nah, that's just him. You know, and so when you send them a video where someone that they really admire and they look up to is saying the same thing, then they'll be able to receive it. Sometimes people can receive things coming from somebody else. You know, sometimes they're receiving better from somebody else versus us. They think we just, you know, like you said, crazy. It's just us. Yeah. You know, so yes, sometimes it's better coming from someone else. All right. Let's go to our next caller. We got, uh, um, let's go to 816. Six, last four digits, eight, six, eight, zero. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, yes, yes. Hi. Okay, so I live in Topeka, Kansas, right? And we mm-hmm. just elected newly a mayor who is a woman, and she is uh, Latina. Mm-hmm. So, so my whole life now, I'm 35 now, my whole life, I have grown up with nothing but white mayors, white senators, white representatives. We are a straight Republican state in Kansas, right? Mm-hmm. So for the first, I have a three-year-old son, and for the first one in my life, I am utilizing Section 8. Mm-hmm. And what I find is that we are being taken advantage of. Not, and it's not necessarily the Section 8, but the landlord is taking advantage of everyone. They are slow to act. They are causing, you know, they, they just make it hard to live anywhere, but I don't have much of a choice on Section 8, right? Mm-hmm. And so my question is, I've, I've been kind of toying around with this idea of a coalition that, that, that looks at the situation for people who are living in low-income situations and how they mm-hmm. can help them be seen. Because I, I see in this scenario, because this is different than the way that I grew up, because my parents, you know, they worked hard, so we I didn't, I've, I've only been dealing with this as an adult. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at the idea of how can I help those who are in a low-income low income situation that are being taken advantage of and how to help, but I don't have the legal expertise, I don't have the political expertise, what, what would you recommend moving forward with that? Absolutely. Well, the first thing is you want to get a group of people, uh, at least, I would say at least 20, or maybe you can start with 15, uh, because what you're, what you're trying to do basically is you're trying to get some help as far as influencing and making things aware, dealing with Section 8 as a whole, right? Right. And, and, okay. So uh, the easiest thing, number one, is go to as many, get as many people 
who are going through what you're going through so that you can mm-hmm. have numbers. Because when it comes to the politics or the political game, they go by numbers. How many people are represented in this group? How many people are going through the same thing you're going through? You know, are you representing yourself, right? Right. So you right. go and get as many people that, that you know are going through this, the more the better, okay? Uh, I would say, honestly, if it's going to be a small number, if it's going to be smaller than 30, that's fine, but you want to go to the city council meeting. You want to go to the city council public meeting that they have every week in every city, every state. They have it at least twice a week um, where they hear the public's uh, issues, where you can go out and you, you sit in front of the city council and the mayor and you let them know what's going on. So if you want to do 30 people or less, then you want to have all of them. You find out what day and time that council meeting is. I know in certain states it's every Wednesday at 6. Some states it's every uh, first and third Thursday at 6. Uh, and you go down there and you all go together. And you okay. all, uh, when, the, when that Q&A session is open for the floor so that you can present your issue to the city council, you all will be able to stand there in front of them and, and with a sheet of paper, all of your names, all of your contact information, and it has to make, you have to actually state on that paper exactly what it is that you want them to do for you, which is, you know, you state what it is, okay, uh, we're, take, we're being taken advantage of through the Section 8 system. Uh, we're either having to pay too much because of how many children we have versus our income or versus, you know, we have disabilities, so our income is this much, and we have children, but our rent is still this high, et cetera. You know, you have to just mm-hmm. outline it. It could be a nice little, it could be two paragraphs, just outline it at the top. And then from that point down, all of your names, all of your contact information, and then you can let them know that more people are being added every week. Okay. Okay? And when you okay. bring that to them, they will be forced to listen to what you're saying because you're coming with people. It's not just you now. So it's, it's a group right. of people. And you make sure you add all of your names, all your contact information, and make sure each one of those people puts down their, uh, the, the number of children that they have living with them, number of dependents. You know, it has to be the more the better. If it's children, oh, they really got to look at it. If it's elderly or disabled, oh, they, they really got to look. Now it's a liability mm-hmm. on the city. Okay? You, you have to put the pressure on them to let them know that, listen, if you don't address this, this is going to come down on the city, and then that really is going to make the mayor look bad, and the governor is going to come down. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a problem. Right. Okay, so they just have to, but they have to see it. So the, the first thing you want to do is get as many people as you can with however many children that they have, document it. You know, you can have them text it to you or email it to you, and you just compile it in the list, uh, and then go to the city council meeting. Find out when that is, and as many of you go, and you should go every week. Every week. Until I'm heard. Yeah, at help. Yeah, come on now. Yes, ma'am. You, you're yeah. not like a black woman now. You're you a sister, right? I mean, yes, but I've, I've right. never been to a city council meeting. And so my thought is, is, mm-hmm. is when I go in there and say it the first time, are they then, mm-hmm. are they not responsible then the first time I say it? Well, no, no. They're responsible depending on how many people are present. Because if it's just you, oh, they, they will, you know. Some they can here, ignore they, 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 me till the end of time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, they can say okay. whatever. They, okay, or they'll just, you know, they'll pander to your feelings. Oh, okay, we heard you, sister. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll get to it. You know, and they, yeah. they can or they or they don't have to. But when there's more people, when there's a lot of people, but then people who are voters, 
You talking about these are registered mm-hmm. voters in this city? People who actually mm-hmm. can cause us to have a problem? They can vote me out of my position, vote the mayor out? Oh, yeah, we might want to listen to them. But see, it, there has mm-hmm. to be a them, not just a me. Right. Okay. So, and you, yes. can, you can do that. That's not hard, especially you said Section 8, girl. You should have all the black Kansas with you. Man, I could just get my neighborhood, I could get my area alone, and I think there'd be enough people because, you know, and and, and this is what brought it up because my, like my landlord, like I know the majority of the people in my area are here on Section 8, and I I realized Mm -hmm. there was an issue because they don't, they don't care about following through on, on the, uh, you know, the request for maintenance, they don't care about Mm -hmm. really dealing with the bug issue, they just, they act like nobody's going to do anything, and nobody does anything. Yeah, you and know, that's, that's and so because just, it has not been it has not been brought to their face. You know, people may right. have they may have emailed, they may have sent in mail, maybe one or two elderly uh, mothers. It's normally an elderly woman that is in that city council meeting by herself. I've been in many of city council meetings in different cities, and when I say it looks so sad, it's like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. you mean to tell me only this black elderly woman came here about an issue mm-hmm. that's affecting all of us? And she, mm-hmm. of course, they're not going to listen. And so that's why people are like, man, nothing's changing. No, because y'all not getting up and making them accountable. They serve you. Right. Right. Yeah. You so know, and I, and I, I recently was combing through my, my lease agreement because mm-hmm. there was just some things that were just, it, were, it was outrageous. There's no way anybody could, could think that that was a reasonable amount of time to deal with the request. And right. the lease does not have any protection for the tenant. It's all about protecting the landlord, the maintenance mm-hmm. staff, and whatever. And, it, and I, you know, and I signed this, so I'm like, okay, so now what can I do? Because I signed this because I needed a place, I needed to mm-hmm. move, you know, and I feel like I'm mm-hmm. in the same predicament as everyone else. And so my thought is, is we just somebody's got to do something, and nobody's doing anything, so maybe I should do something. So I'm trying that's to figure right. out what to do. That's right, and that's, and that's what you do. You jump past the landlord and you go to the city council because now you're dealing with um, not, not the Department of Agriculture. Well, you're dealing with the Department of Housing. You're dealing with housing now. And so yeah. they are senior to your landlord, and if you bring it to them, then they will have to address the landlord and then put the pressure on them and the workers to handle and address the issues that you guys are going through. So it has to be mm-hmm. brought as a group and has to be brought directly to the city council. And once you do that, that it's, it's going to be heard. It's going to definitely be heard. And the more consistent you are, the faster they're going to work on it because they are not going to want to see your face in there. They're not going to want to hear you, hear y'all. They're going to be like, okay, can y'all listen? Call whoever it is over that damn building and over the, the other two uh, complexes and get them to get this right. damn work done. That's, that's right. what it is, but it takes, it takes pressure. I'm just telling you, it takes pressure, and they'll, take, they'll handle it. They'll handle it, but you just got to, you know, show up, show up in a good amount of numbers, and they'll definitely yeah. handle it. That is their job. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to take a quick music break. One song, one song only, and we're going to be right back to talk to RZA uh, on Behind the Scenes Radio. The number is 917-889-9112. Make sure that you press 1 if you want to talk. The next track that we're going to play is called uh, Lose Yourself by Pasco Firebird on Behind the Scenes Radio. Let's go. Party people, we all up in the club, it's going down and I'm feeling your love Let's get it crunk up in here, put your hands in the air All my ladies keep shaking it up 
Cause this is the kind of vibe If you're looking like you don't want to party You might end up outside of the club This is the kind of vibe If you're looking like you don't want to party You might end up outside of the club I feel like I'm in a movie, yo In the Matrix getting groovy, yo Ain't nobody in here looking moody, yo So let's pop champagne and get boozy, yo My party people don't lose the flow Pump your pistol, live in the music, yo When you lose yourself What up? Vibes amped up cause fire's into his house Dames looking at me like they wanna give me his house So I'm singing even harder while they dancing to the beat If they was feeling for the fire, well I'm here to bring the heat And my crew is in the cut so you know we bring the beat down Put them haters in the club, back to food and you get rebound Back to the music cause I gotta move my feet, yeah Back to the music cause I, I feel like I'm in a movie, yo In the Matrix getting groovy, yo Party people don't lose the flow Pump your kiss and live in the music, yo You will feel better when you lose yourself Yeah, when, when you, you lose yourself, yourself. Uh, Yo, what up? I'm surrounded by bright lights and amazing people In the club, getting the pop and everybody equal What up, my party people? We here to party, let's get it started, let's go retarded I don't want no trouble, I like the groove Prove, I am smooth, new dude, not rude Yes, that's my mood, old school but new Brave, that's why they like me, cause I tell the truth But hey, I feel, I feel like, like I'm, I'm in a movie, yo In the Matrix, getting groovy, yo Ain't nobody in here looking moody, yo So let's pop champagne and get Living the music, yo yeah. You'll feel better when you lose yourself yeah. When you lose yourself What up? Yeah, this is your boy Curdy NT behind the scenes radio. The number is 917-889-9112. Make sure that you press one if you want to talk to me, my co-host. Or tonight we have Riza Islam. He's a humanitarian from California, PA. You can check him out on Instagram. As a matter of fact, Riza, give people your information so they can be able to get a hold of you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Instagram is at underscore Reza Islam. Twitter is at Islam Reza. My Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Reza Islam, the number one. And my website is RezaIslam.com where you can book me for speaking engagement, uh, for live requests, for I even do music video features if people want to have me in a cameo. A lot of people now requesting that. They're like, man, just stand there next to me. I'm like, all right, well, okay. You want me to do that? That's cool, too. <laughs> and, of course, uh, I speak at schools. I speak at juvenile halls, detention centers, prisons, uh, all in the hood, gang events, whatever. That's wherever my people are. That's where I am. So you can book me at ReadTheSlime.com. All right. Uh, let's go to the next caller, 912, last four digits, 9644. You're on Behind the Scenes Radio. Um, you got any questions for Rizza? Go. Yo, what up, Kurt? What's up, Jay Dirty? Ain't shit, though. Um, just listening in or whatever. Um, I do got a little question, though. Um, 
I don't want nobody to take it the wrong way, which I know they might because this new this new world we're living in is like ultra sensitive. But I'm gonna say it anyway because I really don't care. Yes, um, why the hell is it that these new spoiled Americans, no matter the color, mm-hmm. decide to go back in the past and try to live through their ancestors' pain when they've never actually experienced the same shit that their ancestors went through? Like everybody mm-hmm. nowadays acts like their ancestors, like their ancestors were slaves. Like they had the most outrageous and painful and most just the most foulest shit ever in life happened to them. But these right. new age people that live in this capitalist country nowadays that have every opportunity in the world to them from a camera phone in their face, they can make a brand right now in their living room. They mm-hmm. they literally try to compare themselves to their ancestors' pain. And that shit bugs me, though, because I sympathize with the ancestors of African people in this country, though. I understand what happens. I sympathize with them. Mm-hmm. I don't sympathize with new Americans that have every opportunity to make Facebook and Instagram videos and make a brand and, and travel the world and do conferences. And I, I don't, I don't sympathize with people like that, that never knew the struggle and the pain that their ancestors had went through though. If I was mm-hmm. back in the day with the ancestors that went through that shit, I would have died alongside of them because that was very fucking foul. That was very evil shit that had happened. And I don't respect none of it. But yes, you know, nowadays though, the fact that we're on this radio show right now tells you, I don't want nobody putting themselves in the same damn boat that their ancestors was in. The fact that we're on this radio show right now, able to speak the way that we're speaking, I don't even want to much hear that comparison because they didn't have none of them toys. They couldn't even read a fucking book, a letter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm they wasn't allowed to do none of that shit. And it kind of pisses me off, though, that the fact that everybody's trying to go back. You know, how the hell could you go forward if you keep looking back? You know, we all know that shit was evil and foul. You know, mm-hmm. all the people that have sense. I ain't going to say everybody, but mo- everybody that has sense, they know that that was foul, baby. And we all know that that's had, that has sense. But what mm-hmm. I'm trying to make black people understand nowadays, though, and not even just blacks, just people in general in this country. It's a beautiful country. You know, you mm-hmm. can literally make a brand and build a business off a of, off of camera phone right now, though. And just, it is so, it's so easy to just make a future for yourself nowadays. And your ancestors, we didn't, they didn't have none of them opportunities. And I t- I'm sick of people goddamn complaining and pointing fingers and, oh, this a devil, that's a devil, that's a criminal, this is a racist supremacist. I'm so sick of this shit because we don't, none of us alive today could ever experience the pain that they had went through back then. And that kind of shit bugs me, though, that everybody tries to pull these cards out and make me feel like I'm a damn devil and that everybody that don't look like me is a criminal. Because, mm-hmm. And I always believe in the fact that if you look back, you can't go forward because now your head's stuck back there and you can't put your head in the future. And I, I'm just so sick of people but, uh, being ignorant and blind to the fact that we live in a damn country nowadays. No matter, there might still be racist. That sure is. Sure. Of all sides. That's, they're all out here. But the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, is that nobody is literally holding you back from doing shit because you're an educated brother. You was able mm-hmm. to go to school. You can read books. You can go three states over right now in the car, jump in your car and drive 11 o'clock at night and go three states over, do whatever the fuck you want. See, mm-hmm. and th- this is my problem, though, though. Like, I'm sick of people preaching hate when we need to be mm-hmm. preaching growth. We mm-hmm. need to stop telling people to stop looking back because you could never understand the pain that happened back then. What people, not humans nowadays, need to realize is that, all right, this is what we have in front of us. These are the obstacles that we're liable to face. We don't really know for sure. It hasn't happened yet. And we need to take action and learn how to grow beyond that shit. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of damn people that look like you and Kurt that has made beautiful lives for themselves. And some of them don't even live in white neighborhoods. You know, they they just, they was able to brand themselves and just, you know, and, and not conform to the 
to the hate and the, all this extra shit and all that type, you know, and, and they was just mm-hmm. able to live, to take care of their families, and they had opportunities to do this stuff. And it's just it's beautiful to me to know that literally me and you right now talking on this phone, though, we have literally the same opportunities. We can get a camera phone right now. And both yes, of sir. us to go to our damn living rooms and start blogging right now about whatever the fuck we know a lot about. Get yes, a sir. lot of followers and get checks. You dig what I'm saying? Like, that is so Absolutely. beautiful to me. I just want people to mm-hmm. realize that it's, you don't never, I don't want people to compare themselves to the answers. You can never understand their pain. They well, fought and died for us to be so beautiful right now. Yes, sir. <clears throat> well, but let me, let me say this. I absolutely understand exactly what you're saying. <clears throat> and it is frustrating, especially when you're dealing with our people sometimes who can't see, as you said, that right now we literally have the ability to do or the apparency, meaning it looks like we have the ability to do anything. And it is true that we have the ability to do so many things. What the hell? Paul, oh, my God. Oh. His, call, his call just dropped. Oh, come on, Rizzo. You got called back in. Oh, oh damn. Yeah. It, he's called, I was wondering what he had to say, man. That's fucked up. All right. Let's go on the uh, music break real quick, and we'll be right back, because I'm pretty sure he's going to call right back in. So uh, we're going to play a track, and we'll, we'll be right back. Maybach uh. Music. We out your money.
is my is my point. It's not entirely different as we may think. All right, I got one more question for you. Um, yes, sir. Speaking of prisons and you know modern day slavery, you know considering prisons and all that, um, why is it that there's Mexican gangs, white Aryan Brotherhood gangs, and black gangs, and Asian gangs, and all these different gangs? Why is all these different cultures in prison? Is that a race thing or is that a criminal thing? It's actually more so of a survival and economic thing. Believe it or not, it's more so of a survival thing because when you're in prison, you have to get with a group in order to survive. That's the number one thing. You're in prison, you by yourself. You're easy pickings. You can get beat up. You can have, you know, all your food taken, whatever. That's as an individual. That's why a lot of brothers convert to Islam when they get in there so that they can be protected and so that they can learn about themselves. That's why the Mexican brothers get with the Mexican gangs because it's a group. All of it is a segregated group thing, which didn't start with black and brown folk. That actually started with the Caucasian Europeans who came over here who started the gangs in New York and different parts of the country from the immigrants, the Irish and all that. That's where the gangs where they would fight each other came from. Black people started groups, specifically the Crips, which were founded under Raymond Washington, Raymond Washington and Stanley C. Williams. That organization stood for community resistance in progress. It was a community coming together to fight against the yeah, racist sure. police officers, right? So and so that was a, a group and organization put together to protect the people. We worked together to fight against racism. Same thing with the Bloods, which were born out of the Crips, which were the young bloods or the little home that the Crips would mentor. So all of that, that's how we have our groups, which was to protect one another as a group and as a collective. But in prison now, right. it's more so of a survival thing and it's a culture-based thing and an economic thing. Okay, so so it's not just black people that's being locked up in prison, right? It's a bunch of different cultural people, right? So it's not just a race thing in prison. It's more of an oh, economic no, no, no. thing. Well, Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, no. That's, now, that's a different question now. Because first you brought up the gang. That's that's what I answered. But as far as like people love, no, no, no. Black people and brown people are absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, um, as far as balance, they're totally locked up. They're, they're the majority uh, in prisons, right? The, absolutely, the majority. And, and and why is that exactly? Because the laws were created to subjugate us and make sure that we get locked okay. up. Okay. Yeah. We are so so what you're saying is that white police go in these neighborhoods and like ring them up off of the block and just throw them in prisons, right, for no reason? For the vast majority. Vast majority, if they do have a reason, it is an exaggerated reason, but they do have the specific agenda to target us more so than anybody else. if they break the law, they shouldn't go to jail, right? If they break the law, they shouldn't be in prison, right? They should have been. No, 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 no. If you break the law, you break the law. But the vast majority of okay. black people who are being brought to jail, if they make it to jail, outside of the ones I'm just, I'm just saying, I know a lot of people that have been to prison that's from all different cultures, and they all broke the law, and they, fr- they frankly admitted it, and that's why oh, they was okay. locked the fuck up. Yeah, well, I'm just I'll, saying I'll it's say not it. always just innocent people in prison. It's not just innocent people that's getting thrown in prisons for no reason. No, no, no. Most of no, the no, percentage no, that's, in that's prison, true. they broke the law. Well, no, no. no. I'll, I'll say this, brother. I'll say this. Being, being someone who has been working with people from prison for the last 15 years of my life, when I say people, I'm talking about black, brown, all different demographics, white, gangs, non-affiliated, all of this. The majority were not put in prison for what they so said. What happened, Kurt? In prison I don't for. hear you no more, bro. The, the majority were not put in there for what they say they were putting there for these Hello? laws in this system was created. No, no, these laws Kurt. in this system was created to make sure that we do not succeed. That is the founding principles of these laws. And if you study any of these laws, you'll see, brother, because I'm not making us an excuse. If you break the law, you break the law. You got it. It ain't. You got consequences, right? If you break the law. But I'm saying the vast majority, they are not in there for what they say they are in there for because if that is the case, 
why are white men and women able to do the same exact thing and get far less time? As a matter of fact, a third or maybe even a fifth of the time or a third or a fifth of the punishment for breaking the same exact law in the same state, in the same area, being the same age. You understand what I'm saying? So that, that absolutely, brother. I, I, the good thing is for you to study and learn yourself, love yourself as a black man. You sound like a black man, a brother. But I, I think it will be best for you to really step outside of it from an individual standpoint and really look Kurt. at the system itself. And that way you'll be, able to why it's, you'll be able to understand why they're doing what they're doing. All right, Jay Dirty, are you there? Jay Dirty? Okay. I don't, I, he, he's on live, but for some reason he's not coming on. Or he oh, can't yeah, hear I can't us. Hear him. Mm-hmm. All right, Rizzo, you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Um, in, in response to, to what you two were, were talking about um, with the police and singling out and targeting. Yeah, Kurt, um, I see you mute me and unmute me, bro, but I can't hear you, man. I don't know what happened on your end. I can't. It's quiet right now on my end, bro. Jay Dirty, can you hear me? He can't hear he us. Can't, he can't hear us. All right, let me let me finish saying what I was saying. I was um, what was it, like a month ago, about a month ago. Maybe it's been a month. Three weeks. Probably about two weeks mm-hmm. ago. You should, okay, two, two to three weeks ago, I was standing in my neighborhood, and I don't live in a ratchet ratchet neighborhood. It's eh, it's okay. Um, I live in a suburb part of Philadelphia. So mm-hmm. I was standing waiting for a bus, and I, I I personally, with almost being 46 years old, never, ever, mm-hmm. ever in my entire life faced or had to deal with racism or police um, targeting or, or any mm-hmm. of that. But I was standing on the corner waiting for a bus by myself, and um, a police vehicle pulled, let me rephrase that, jumped onto the sidewalk where I was mm. and basically had me pinned to the wall as the white officer sat there and just watched me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I literally kept, I kept both my hands in front of me on my phone so I didn't make no sudden movements so he couldn't say I was reaching for something. And Mm -hmm. a black older gentleman had walked up, and he ignored him. He ignored him. The police officer ignored him and continued to just watch. Another female walked up, and again, the officer ignored her and continued to watch just me. I wasn't dressed any differently. Matter of fact, she was more dressed like a prostitute than I had on some jeans Mm -hmm. and a shirt. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he was watching me because I looked like someone or something, but just the approach of having the car jump up onto the sidewalk, like he was ready to jump out and tell me to put my hands up in the air, like you see in a movie. Mm-hmm. I never was so scared in all my life and mm-hmm. thought at that point in time, I literally was not sure if I was going to die, see my children, my grandchildren, Kurt, ever again. Mm. I did not breathe a sigh of relief until the bus came and I got on it and he pulled off. Mm. Yes, ma'am. My daughter, who was 25, was like, wait, what? She thought I was joking. I'm Mm -hmm. like, no. 
I'm not joking. I was just targeted by the police for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And it, it, yeah. I, seeing it happen and seeing it to other people, you feel bad. But then when you, it happens to you, and luckily I made it out of that situation without any bullet holes or getting right. handcuffed or getting thrown in the police car. But the fact that it happened for no reason terrified me. Mm-hmm. The fact that it could happen for no reason at all really terrified me. Because mm-hmm. at this point, I have, four, I have four doors. And I've never been arrested. I don't have a criminal record at all. Never been fingerprinted mm-hmm. other for a job. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I have four younger daughters scares me. The fact that I have three grandsons who will be growing up in this world really scares me now because you see again you see it happen to other people and other people's families but once it happens to you you feel a complete Mm -hmm. different way you you internalize it more yes because no longer will it happen to them i feel bad for them you know that it could happen to you or someone you know or love or care about that's right absolutely and i was really now, did did so you break any laws? I, I was happy. I, I don't even I don't I don't even remember if I called Kurt or if I text Kurt. I was just like, <laughs> no, you didn't. I was I like, think, I think um I think you called me while it was happening. No, I didn't. But I, I touched my phone. Yeah, I think you called. I didn't touch my phone when it happened. Yeah, I just know my phone was in my hand, yeah, you ready to hit the camera button just in case. Mm. My phone was in my hand, ready to hit the camera button, and it was focused on the police vehicle just in case. Right. Mm. Hey, you hear me, wow. Kurt? Yeah, I hear you, Jake Dirty. You there? Okay. Yeah, I don't know what the hell happened, bro. My bad. I don't know what happened. This shit got quiet on my end. I didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> but um, I, I it, it it scared me, and it, it made me want to – been trying to do more, but it just made me want to actually do do more. And I'm just not sure how to go about it. I know on social media, I have more people looking at me now since I've been doing the radio show for the past four years. So more people are looking and following and paying attention to the things I post and say. And and I think I post more positive things now than I did before. Right. But mm-hmm. that that experience alone, you know, I – I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. At mm. My worst enemy is that I know I hate to the fullest. I would not wish that feeling on them. Right. That is so, I understand. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that is exactly, so, so, that's what happens on a, that's what happens on a daily basis uh, to the vast majority who are literally not doing anything at all, but simply going to the store going to school, going to work, picking their children up on the bus. This is, it's regular. But because they have this system on lock, that is what happens to us. And if I start going into the demographics of the Jewish community, you never see anyone Jewish being murdered by the police. You never see anyone Chinese being murdered by the police. You never see any Italians. You never see any Indians. You never see any of these demographics of people whatsoever, ever. And do you think they don't break the law? They absolutely break the damn law. But why are they not yeah, being they murdered? Why are they not being shot? Why well, are they I'm pretty sure I can Google videos of them right now that show somebody of another color getting shot. I'm pretty sure I can Google it right now and find a video somewhere. Brother, brother, when I say this to you, trust me when I say this. Trust me when I say this. Never I like the fact that I don't country, just go off so much like 
Well, if you know who you're talking to, brother, you know that's all I deal with. I, I, can't, I can't even open my mouth unless it's a bag. I, I can't even it. do it. No, I, I, I won't even – I won't exaggerate anything up here. And just because I'm a black man doesn't mean that I'm only going to say everything that benefits black people. No, I'm just going to give the facts and the facts No, are. you're supposed to. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I get, that's, that's I'm, I'm with it. So, so, and the one thing that we have to understand, brother, is this system literally is built on the fact that they must continue to subjugate us to keep us under control. Now, I can go under – I can go to too many facts as to why that is. The main reason is because we have the largest amount of spending power out of any demographic within this country. They literally need us economically to stay under their control or else they will literally right. collapse as an economic base. That is the number one reason, right. 1.2 to $1.3 trillion as a people, 45 to 50 million African people in this country. They have to oh, keep that doing sense. this. They have oh, to make sense. As far as the, and the prison pipeline reasoning is because they put insurance policies on us because they're contracted with over 50 businesses that have to keep the prisons full to work for them to make 5 and 20 cents an hour so that they don't have to pay people 5 to $10 or $20 an hour. So they decide to keep modern prisons and modern right. slavery in place. That way, these companies can continue to have cheap slave labor by having black and brown people in there because we do not have legal representation. We do not have knowledge of law. We don't have knowledge of any of this. So we are easy pickings, and we are easy – uh, people to take and subjugate under a system of slavery so that way they can continue to be a corporate entity and make money off of us and we won't have anything to do about it. That's the main reason why right. all of this happened. So I so right. it's not an excuse. That's <laughs> why I want to go ahead and just clarify that. Can I ask you another question, brother? Wait, wait, Jay oh. Dirty, before you say anything, I have I, I, wait, I, 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 before David, No, I, I was having a good convo. I don't mean no harm. Wait a second, Jay Dirty. Rizzo, I just want to see if you can answer this question. Why is when a white person commits a crime like shooting at a school, they gently arrest the person? <laughs> when someone shoots off a church who happens to be white, they gently mm-hmm. arrest the person. But someone who's in their own backyard did not do anything except hold a cell phone in their hand. There's mm-hmm. no one around saying they did anything or that they shot somebody or had a gun. They mm-hmm. shoot him point blank several times. Yeah. Right, I'm going to answer this. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to answer this right now. Let me ask you no, this no, question no, before, no, I, before no, I get no, my no, answer. No, no. Hold on. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to answer this for you, like literally. So did you get mm-hmm. this from the white controlled media, or where did you get this info at? Um, the, the boy was shot in his grandmother's bag. All right, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Wait, no, 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 oh. no. Hold on, because this is my motherfucking show. First of all, yeah, let there. me say something. <laughs> first of all, first of all, okay, Rizzo. All right, so because yeah, I, I got to say this because – you're not answering it like I think you should answer it. First of all, Riz, Jay Dirty is white, so he doesn't understand. Oh, he lives see, in I the, know that. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, listen, listen. <laughs> so he, he lives in the sticks of Georgia, so he doesn't understand, mm-hmm. you know, what's really going on. He believes that he knows what's going on, but he doesn't know what it is to walk in black skin and have to deal with walking outside mm-hmm. and not knowing if the motherfucking police is going to shoot you. You don't know if your children will die at any time, your mother, your father, mm-hmm. anybody, your family. So he doesn't understand that. So can mm-hmm. you please break it down to him where he will understand so I don't have to cuss him out today? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's you so know, aggressive on here. My bad. It's so I, I, aggressive I, I, right now. No, I'm, I'm glad you told me because I didn't know. We I didn't know that. Uh, that I didn't know that you were Caucasian. I didn't know that, but I'm glad that I know now. It doesn't make much of a difference to me, just so you know. But because that is the demographic that you are with, it does make a slightly a difference as far as experience. So that way, you know, we can understand each other a little differently. So number one, 
when it comes to them taking people who are white into custody versus black people, number one, a white person in authority who is a police officer murdering a white person is seen as treason. Now, this has nothing to do with just everybody thinking they know what they're talking about, me or anything. No, this is the system itself of white supremacy that was established in this country by literally raping, murdering, pillaging, and killing the majority of people who are already here before the Europeans came, number one. The Constitution itself was stolen from the native Constitution, which is called the Iroquois Confederacy. Number two, they were destroyed and wiped out, and they took this land for them. The Europeans were kicked out of prisons under King George in Europe. They came here. They took it for them. They made a paradise and a home for themselves. They did not make this paradise for anybody else. They didn't make this a peaceful haven for anybody else but them. That was the agenda. So they make sure they keep that. The policing system came out of slave catching. That is the history. That is still the present activity, how they operate. They were slave catchers. So when you are a black person, your life is not seen as valuable because that was the foundation of the actual policing system itself was to make sure these people who are not valued must be put in their place. The way that police officers are trained today is they have a system, they have a board in their division, they have a criminal board where they have complete descriptions, physical descriptions of black and brown people, and they have small descriptions of some white people, but the majority are black and brown people in tank tops, in hoodies, sagging jeans, all of these descriptions, and they're all looked at as criminals, all looked at as thugs, all looked at as animals. So they literally are conditioned and trained. And I didn't, I'm not just saying this. I got this from deputies, from sheriffs, from them myself. They are trained to come after us and, if need be, to use excessive force for the majority of the time, no reason. That is exactly, and these are white officers, just so you know, that I've got this information directly to their face, not, on, not paper or email. And they told me that, sadly, that's what it is. And they have a criminal line of protection where they do not say what they should say because they protect one another. It's called the blue line. In L.A. specifically, for the LAPD, it is called the blue line where you do not snitch on an officer or a fellow officer. You don't tell the truth on what a fellow officer did. Christopher Dorner, who was a part of the LAPD, the 77th precinct in Los Angeles, he did that. He reported his officer, his fellow officer, for using excessive force on a person that was already handcuffed. And after that, they came after him because he told the truth about what they were doing. So that is why when they take us into custody, we are still seen as animals. White people are seen as valuable. And if you murder a white person, you have the KKK who runs many of the police precincts, and they will lose funding. The police department, they will get people sued. They will get people taken out of those positions because you do not murder one of your own, but you can murder somebody else, specifically a black man, woman, or a child. That is what they are trained to do. That is what they are trained to think like. And if a black man or a white man does the same exact thing, commits the same crime, but they'll murder us and they'll justify the white boy and say he pled to insanity, that was created for them, not for us. If we both kill people and we both plead insanity, one of us is going to jail for life. Or pardon me, we'll probably get put under the electric chair, depending on what state it is, but we will go to jail for life, while the white person will not get anywhere near as much time. And, and, my, and I'm glad that I know that you are a Caucasian individual. You can look at all the cases and see how you're in Georgia. I recommend you start there and start now and go all the way back in history, and you will see that it is absolutely, completely out of balance when it comes to white men, women, and children versus black men, women, and children, and the level of justice that is being dealt and the level of injustice that is being dealt. So this system is guaranteed to be against us until we create our own. And it has nothing to do with subjugating white folks, but it has everything to do with simply seeking justice across the board. All right. So let's go, go ahead. Uh, um, Rizza, I don't know if you know about this. There's like seven or eight 
officers based in New York. I think they have some kind of case. They're called the New York 7 and New York 10. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. they recently came they're out with that, and that, that, the pedophile ring and the criminal ring. They're on their cohort. They're
itself, and then we were given access to go and do certain things for ourselves. All right, but we still didn't have to deal with the Jim Crow laws, and then we went back under those laws and the black holes after that. So the system that was set up at that time, yes, partially. Abraham Lincoln with the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation, 1870, uh, pardon me, 1863, the Act Yes, we were able to go back to school. We had uh, reconstruction from 1865 to 1877, and we were able to actually learn things and rebuild ourselves and, yes, establish over 60 all-black towns, Tulsa, Oklahoma being one of the most famous, which was born in 1921. We were able to do that. But it was not entirely because of white folk. It was not entirely. There were some, yes, that wanted to help, and they did. There were some Yes, walk with Dr. King during civil rights. There were some, absolutely. But the system itself has never been interested in totally giving us our justice, ever. Individuals do not equal the system. Individuals do not equal the right. power of the collective, and individuals cannot completely change the power of the collective. It needs to be the collective that makes the decision, because if that is true, then we should have been given our 40 acres and a mule, Back then, we should have been given what was promised. We should have been given, right now, we are owed over $50 trillion with for the over 45 to 50 million black people in this country. That would equal $1.2 to $1.5 million per one of us in this country. We haven't been given none of those things. They've given us certain things here and there, but they have not given us what was owed and what has been promised. So, no, it has not, uh, not entirely, but yes, partially. They are, uh, some white people are responsible for us no longer being in chattel slavery entirely. Yes, some, some. Right. All right, so we got a lot of people on the line. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're going to go down the line and just start going through the numbers. Yes, sir. Uh, let's start with uh, 617, area code 617, last four digits, 6439. You're on Behind the Scenes Radio. You have any questions for RZA? Um, once again, area code 617, last four digits, 6439. You have any questions? Nope. Okay, let's go to the next person. <laughs> uh, area code 561. Last four digits, nine, three, one, four. You have any questions for Rizza? You're on Behind the Scenes Radio, now live. Yes, sir. I just tuned in to listen. I don't really have any, any questions, but thank you anyways. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you for tuning in, family. Thank you. All right. We're going to move to the next number. The next number is 646. Last four digits, zero two three three. You have any questions for Riza? Nope. I guess not. They <laughs> hung up. Okay. Wait, no, hold on. They didn't hang up. No, but they just ain't saying nothing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to go to four, every code four seven zero. Last four, num last four numbers. One four six seven. Um. Yeah, you have any any questions for us? You're now live. Hello. Yes, you're live. Yes, sir. Okay, so. I'm Michael. Michael Salam, sir. Okay, so I have like a couple of questions. The first one would be um. 
what's the difference between Islam in America and the Middle East, and why did Masjid Muhammad bring the teachings under Islam? Yes, sir, a very beautiful question. Number one, the major difference is the Islam that people see in the Middle East is that of Caucasian converts to Islam who converted uh, Turks, Persians, Byzantines, who converted uh, around the time of Prophet Muhammad about 1,400 years ago, who wanted to convert to Islam and learn the practices of Islam, while Islam is, is much older than that, and it is a traditional African faith system that existed long before Prophet Muhammad uh, was born. Peace be upon him. Uh, the word Allah was being written and uttered in the pyramids of Sudan at least 300 years prior to him, which gives absolute evidence that it is an African religion and existed long before him. And the Islam that we have in America that was uh, brought by Master Farah Muhammad, which we believe came from the East to the West, and it is now uh, being taught or was taught through the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and is now being carried and represented by the honorable Minister Farrakhan, is that of the original Islam, the original tradition, traditional African-centered Islam, the high science, the scientific, all actual facts, not simply revelation entirely from the Holy Quran, but all of it, including all the history, all the high sciences that were lost. So Master Farah Muhammad had to bring it, as it says in the Bible, that he, that uh, light, when light shines from the east, even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So it was prophesied in the Quran, in the Bible, that the truth will come from one in the east into the west, and that that truth will bring the entire world back to righteousness. So he literally brought back to our remembrance what we already had before we were destroyed and before we were conquered. So it is the original Islam, the African-centered Islam, the Asiatic or original on the planet Islam. And that is a major difference. Uh, and I believe I believe that was both parts of your question. I think you have one more part of it. But, uh, oh, yes, why did he bring it under Islam? The word Islam, there are two parts of this. Islam means peace. It comes from the word salam, which means peace. It also means peace that one acquires or receives by submitting his or her will to do the will of God. That's number one. Number two, uh, the word Islam is an acronym, I-S-L-A-M, in the high scientific definition, which stands for I, self, Lord, am, master. It is a high scientific secret that the president of this country were trying to keep down from the black man, which is him knowing that he is the original. He is the original representative of God. He is the original reflection of God. As it says in the Bible, ye are all God's children of the most high. God is referring to us being the original people. That's the scientific side of it. And so he brought it under the original name because Islam is sun, moon, and stars. It is the original universe itself. It is the very nature of the original people, which is peace. That is our nature. So it is a way of life that was given as a religion later on, but we have been practicing Islam since time has ever existed because literally it means peace and submission to the will of the creator. Beautifully answered. Did that answer all right. your question? Hello? Yeah, that, okay. that was the answer. Yes, sir. I appreciate right. your soldier. All right, let's go to the next caller. Next caller, um, oh, yeah, 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 someone pressed one. Uh, let's go to area code 330, last four digits, 0597. You're on Behind the Scenes Radio. Uh, you got any questions for Riza? I do. So first, thank you for allowing me to come on. Um, I have two questions. 
So one, let me mm-hmm. put out my ignorance. I know that I am not aware of many things, and um, right now I'm currently trying to change that. So one of my questions is first because I am a female, um, and I've been following you for quite some time now, and I'm just curious, how is it that um, I know that to join the nation you have to, you know, change your entire lifestyle because that's exactly what it is. It's a lifestyle. It's not a religion. And I'm curious because mm-hmm. I know that I'm very Americanized. Like, I like my mm-hmm. clothes. I like um, things that would not be accepted in the nation of Islam. And I'm curious, do you guys have anything else that can be, like, you're a part of but not exactly in the nation? I, I don't know how mm-hmm. to word this question. but um, Oh, yeah. We do actually. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. well, is there anything like is there a way to be a part of the nation but not in the nation? Do you know what I mean? Like I wanna mm-hmm. participate Absolutely. and do some of the things that you do, but I know that, you know, some things I'm just not willing to let go of. <laughs> so. Absolutely. No, and, and listen and listen, listen, that is perfectly okay. Because a lot of people think we just fell from heaven and it's like, look, man, we 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 from the hood, we came all right, so we, trust me, we all went through, it's, it's a process, you know, of having to, it takes time for us to get into the habits and all this stuff and where we ended up being, and it takes time to come up out of that. So that's completely understandable. So we have something called the 10,000 Fearless, which is a group of men and women who have dedicated their lives to ending violence in the cities and to stand between the gangs and the guns and to call peace and bring peace and solutions to the inner cities of our people, to the inner city masses. So they have meetings, they have different events, they have um, food drives, they donate clothing, they go and uh, clean up the environment, all these things, all of these things. And you can pick whichever part of that you want to be involved in, and you can be involved in doing something without having to give up, like you said, everything and change completely overnight. And, you know, you don't have to do all that. But And you can take your time you know, and gradually evolve in, into where you feel you want to be. So uh, that is the 10,000 Fearless. And so you can look that up. You can go to NOI.org, and then you'll see 10,000 Fearless there, or you can go to 10,000Fearless.org or 10,000Fearless.com, and you can sign up there and find the nearest location to you. And definitely, sister, um, every mosque, of course, is a part of the 10,000 Fearless. So you can just go to the nearest mosque, Nation of Islam Mosque, and let them know that, you know, you were invited by Brother Reza, and you want to be a part of 10,000 Fearless and then they'll go ahead and get you taken care of. Okay, thank you. Um, my last Absolutely. question. So, um, once again, I'm very ignorant. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. Look, we, we all feel ignorant. Me. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh, okay. This is one thing that has bothered me that I've had a question for quite some time. Now, Malcolm X, um, mm-hmm. after his pilgrimage um, to Mecca, he came mm-hmm. back, you know, changed and he saw things a lot differently. Now, before then, you know, he was speaking a lot of um, controversial The white man, things. white man. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious, why would um, the people above him allow him to do such a thing, to say things that he said knowing or I'm assuming should have known were not true? Like, Mm-hmm. Didn't the Honorable Elijah Muhammad take the pilgrimage himself? Didn't he see other brothers of Islam who were white men? Like, why would he mm-hmm. allow him during that time to say things against the white man, knowing that there were people alongside him 
that were white? Absolutely. Well, the first thing is that, number one, in Mecca, and here's the difference between the world of Islam in the Middle East and Islam in mm-hmm. the West. Number one, in the Middle East, you are looking at a complete culture that is totally different from American culture. Um, there's mm-hmm. literally the, the laws and the actual lifestyle is based on the Holy Quran. It's based on the book. In America, it was supposed to be based on the Bible, but it's definitely not based on that. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can do whatever you want to do in America. You can do it literally. You can do it. Right now, you can marry animals in certain states. You can marry mm-hmm. your dog, for real. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just America mm-hmm. is just, America is one yeah. of the thickest <laughs> nations on the planet, and they try to tell everybody, oh, we're free, land of the free, home of the brave. No, nah, America's literally sick. I, the whole world is looking at America like, what is wrong with you guys? Are, you're, you're, you're trying to make pedophilia legal. You are allowed exactly. to marry children. There are over 100,000 minor marriages where grown men can marry 15-year-old, 16-year-old girls. All types of things you can make. You can do all. There's so much going on in this country, you it's know. And evil. it's like, wait, wait, wait. wait. And, oh yeah, that that's that's horrific. But that's the first thing. So mm-hmm. Islam, what you see in the Middle East, is totally different. So Brother Malcolm, before he traveled only saw what he saw here, but here's something that everyone needs to know. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad never, uh, you know, there's no compulsion in Islam, and there's no force. You know, like, go here, sit down, but that's not, no, he is the messenger, we believe is the messenger of Allah, messenger of God, especially here in the West. So therefore, when Malcolm went to Mecca, and he saw white Mm -hmm. people worshiping, a lot of people lie, and a lot of people saw the movie Papa Max, and they thought that was 100% true. That movie had so many lies in it. It was crazy. So many Mm -hmm. damn lies in that movie. It was crazy. The the autobiography written by Alex Haley wasn't written by Alex Haley. It was written by Murray Fisher, who was the senior editor Mm -hmm. of Playboy magazine, a white boy, and he put a whole bunch of lies in that book, too, who are going based off of lies, thinking, oh, Malcolm went and saw some white people praying, and oh, so, oh, so Islam isn't what the most unbelieved mom said. No, 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 no. It is exactly what he said. The most honorable Muhammad had white people around his table all the time in America asking him questions, and he treated everyone with respect. He never disrespected anyone, white or black. And Brother Malcolm was the same. He's not disrespecting anyone, white or black. We are not taught in the nation to disrespect a person because they're white. That's not what we do, ever. We do not just be going, oh, you're just white, so we go, no. We respect those who respect us, and we treat those, treat others the way we want to be treated. That is how we're taught. Even Brother Malcolm. So he never went to Mecca and all of a sudden had a change of heart. That's not how it went. <laughs> People say that. That's not how it went. And Brother Malcolm, when he came back to America, he was, by the way, manipulated by the FBI, by the government, and people who were working for the government who were putting him against the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. But in the last week of his life, he tried to come back to the nation of Islam. He apologized right. to the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. He literally couldn't He really tried to come back, and that's when the government moved in on him. They moved in. They, they quickly moved in on him because he had then become international, mm-hmm. and he had brought the issues of black people in America to the United Nations. So, therefore, it was really going to get heard because that's where the most honorable Elijah Muhammad was bringing it anyway. But that's why they said, no, we got to kill this nigga now because if it goes to the United Nations, then we will have to pay reparations to black people. We will have to give them everything that we owe them, and we don't, we don't have it. We can't do this. So that's why they moved in on Malcolm. So no, it wasn't. It wasn't that it wasn't true, you know, and nothing like that. No, everything that the most unbelievable Muhammad was absolutely 100% fact, all of it. Mm-hmm. And white people who were studying under 
Elijah Muhammad at his table, they all agreed as well. They'll say the same thing. They'll say, yes, we have been, who, who, we have been doing what we've been doing. All of it is history. Teaching was, this is what has happened. Right. Simple. So, so just, you know, just to clarify that, so, yes, Brother Malcolm did make his pilgrimage. He didn't come back a completely different person. No, he got some knowledge because he went overseas. Good. And he saw some things great. He came back and realized, oh, okay, it's still the same. It's different because it's a different country. But what most times like Muhammad taught still is the same. It's not different. Okay. And you brought up another question just because of your answer. Um, sure. When you tell um, the people to, you know, to go out and get knowledge and to educate themselves mm-hmm. about everything that's going on right now. Um, mm-hmm. With with the fact, you know, it's known that history uh, uh, documents have been manipulated to. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Like, how do, how are we supposed to get facts if the facts that we're looking at aren't necessarily mm-hmm. facts? You know what I mean? Like, beautiful question. It's a lie. Mm-hmm. Beautiful question. Where are we supposed Number to get one our knowledge? Thing. Right, and that's, that's a beautiful question. Number one, study the scholars who have become the book that you are supposed to be reading. What I mean by that is all of the scholars that have researched this before technology made it to the point where it is now, the ones who actually were out traveling and documenting everything and wrote this stuff down to where they made all these books from their travels, study them. On YouTube, study everybody from Ivan Van Sertema dealing with Christopher Columbus and the pre-existence of African people here before Columbus ever set sail here. Study um, Dr. Francis Cress Welding dealing with psychology and the origins, the African origins of psychology. You have to study, of course, the Honorable Minister of Farrakhan. You have to study um, Dr. Khalid Muhammad because he was a doctor and a scholar. He literally did travel the world and he studied as well. These are all of these people. Study all of them. All of the greats. Uh, um, of course, Dr. John Henry Clark, Dr. Joseph Benyakonin, all of these men and women, they literally documented everything that is now being manipulated through technology. So you have to study their words, what they said. And most of what I'm telling you, it's on YouTube. So you can watch mm-hmm. it and you can know, okay, that's fact. Before, they, before their words get put on these books and then manipulated on Wikipedia and all that crazy stuff, you know, and they say all kinds of nonsense. Study their words. That is why we have to become the books. We have to become the books because at a certain point, the government will reinstitute a certain law where they're going to remove knowledge. They're already trying to do it right now with net neutrality. They're trying to remove your ability to access Internet. Why? Because we were not supposed to be able to access this type of information. That was never the Mm -hmm. intention. The Internet was created, first off, by a Nigerian man by the name of Philip Emiagwali, and it was originated so that we could exchange information on his end. The African perspective was so that we could exchange information and be connected. But the government got a hold of it, and they utilized it to invade the minds and the homes of the people and monitor the people and the distribution of information to control how the masses think. So now it became a problem when information about the government has been getting out and so many uh, documents, videos, scholars, whistleblowers, people coming out just dropping bombs dealing with the government. It's, it's like right. they they never expected this. So now they're like, okay, damn it, we need to put a hold on this. So you have to grab as much as you can. Grab as much as you mm-hmm. can. Look up all the banned books, books that were banned in America. Grab all the books by Elijah Muhammad, all the books by Ms. Farrakhan, all the books by all the people that I just named, and then some. 
because those are the ones that are not tampered with for the majority, and you can grab those. And then, of course, download the videos from YouTube because they're going to try to shut down YouTube at a certain point as well, just so you know. Um, and you, go, you, have to, you have to become this knowledge. You have to be a walking book. Everything I'm saying right now, I'm not reading right. anything. This is all off the top of my head because I know mm-hmm. how important it is. We have to become that. So, uh, yes, that's, that's the answer because, yeah, you're right. Like, how the hell do we know what's true and what ain't true? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So get Thank it, you. get it from those who have been studying it, and, and you'll be secure. Yes, ma'am. Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, oh, you, before we get to other, to other callers, because we got seven minutes left, I want to ask you, because we got a lot of callers on the line, uh, would you be able to stay on for another 20 minutes, if yes, possible, sir. to be able to get mm-hmm. to all the Absolutely. callers? And my next question to you, um, well, not even a question, can you please let us know about the um, vaccine shots for the children for mm-hmm. school? Because I have children. Uh, let us know how it's possible so that we can, so that we so that our children do not have to take those shots. And or, mm-hmm. or give us the information where we can research it because that is very important uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to the children. And even they're even I heard that they're even trying to give just people the shots, just regular people the shots. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, number one, so you said I have about five minutes until you go on a break, right? Well, no, no. I mean, we got time. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, perfect. Number one, just to, on a research point, so that you can get all the facts from over sixty people in that medical field right now, doctors, chemists, biologists, uh, nurses, there is a docu-series that is completely free right now on YouTube called The Truth About Vaccines by Ty Bollinger, okay? The Truth About Vaccines by Ty Bollinger, T as in Tom, Y, last name Bollinger, B O L L. I, N as in Nancy, G, E as in Edward, R. He is an investigative journalist. He did a complete docu-series, uh, not only on vaccines, but on cancer as well as uh, chemotherapy, all that stuff. And in that docu-series, dealing with vaccines, you are getting the information directly from the experts. He has interviewed over 60 of them, and they are confessing everything. They can, you're going to learn more in this, uh, I think it's 12 hours. It's 12 separate videos. And you're going to learn more in that than you will learn in college, learn virtually anywhere else. Okay, everything done with the laws, Congress, every everything, the aspects of it. That's the first thing on the research point so that everybody can get all the answers from these over 60 experts because I'm not in the medical field, though I know a lot about it. They are the ones because they have the credentials. Number two, you want to get a book called Miller's 400. Miller's 400 or Miller's Review is the name of the book. It is the book which goes over at least 400 studies proving that vaccines are connected to and or have been the key cause in autism, Asperger's, uh, many different uh, neurological disabilities in children. That book, if people say there are no studies, no, there's over 400, if not over 1,000. And that book goes over at least 400 of them. So if you get that book, you're going to be dangerous just to have that book. All right, That's, that's another thing on a research point. Number three, vaccines right now are being forced in three states, California, Mississippi, West Virginia. If you are in any of those states that I just mentioned, you have the option of 
a medical exemption form, which is the form that you need in order for your child not to be forced to take these vaccines so that they can go to school, public or private, or daycare. You have to get that medical exemption form from the doctor, if not them, from the nurse, if not them, from the Department of Health. Medical exemption form. That way you fill it out and you give that, you turn it in, and they will not, um, and make sure you copy it. Of course, you keep the copy and you give the original to your doctor or nurse that you normally go to, and then your child will not have to take these vaccines. They can go to school and they can go into daycare because they removed the religious exemption from California, Mississippi, and West Virginia. So basically what they're saying is God is not more important than us. We know more than what God knows. This is, this is the system that we're living under right now, okay? But if you are not in Mississippi, West Virginia, or California, if you're in the other 47 states, you can get any one of those exemption forms, medical, philosophical, or uh, religious. And you will not have to take these vaccines, and your children will be able to go to school, they'll be able to go to daycare, and you'll be fine. That's, that's the overall solution to that. And, um, and did you want me to kind of just tell people about one or two of the vaccines that they should stay away from or just any general, general yeah, go information ahead. on that? Go ahead. Go, go okay. ahead. Do your thing. All right. Well, the number one thing that we have to look at is the flu vaccine. Everybody needs to get the hell away from them damn flu vaccines right now. This, this is why freaking – what is it, Walgreens, CVS, all of these different uh, pharmaceutical-based corner stores are issuing vaccines, and they're even paying people. Some of them are paying. You didn't give you a $5 gift card, $10 gift card to take these vaccines. Why? Because they get paid. The city gets paid a $0.75 cent excise tax per vaccine that is given. That's why they're forcing it onto people, because they're paid to do that. They literally get paid to inject you. You have what is called trivalent vaccines, or three viruses in one needle. An example is the MMR, or measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine. That vaccine is the number one which causes autism in black boys at the rate of 236% more than Caucasian boys. That's the MMR vaccine. So they get paid to inject us with that. And the proof of that, there's a documentary called Vax, everyone should see this, V as in Victor, A-X-X-E-D as in David. Vax is a documentary where the senior lead scientist over the vaccine division currently at the Centers for Disease Control stated that, yes, that vaccine causes autism in black boys, he said African-American, more, 236% more than Caucasian boys. And he said that if I would have admitted this information at least 10 years earlier, we could have prevented at least 100,000 black boys from having autism. Now, this is, the, this is the man whose science colleges use, professors use, chemists across the planet use to say that vaccines are safe. He's the one. No one's authority or word is above his. And he said that he lied. He said that they hid data. He said that we manipulated the numbers. So that's something everybody needs to watch. It's a documentary called Vax. And if you want to go uh, into it even more and deeper and have even more details on the money and all that stuff and more of the chemicals and all that stuff, there's another documentary uh, by uh, an acquaintance of mine named Eric Gladen. The documentary is called Trace Amounts. Trace 
amount. That thing is packed full of proof, uh, full of professionals who are confessing all the information as well. It, it, the, the evidence is overwhelming. It's, just, it's overwhelming. All right, so stay away from the flu shot because they do contain uh, thimerosal or mercury, which helps to cause autism. Stay away from that. Stay away from the MMR vaccine. Stay away from the hepatitis B. These are vaccines that they are telling you that your child needs to have before they're two years of age. Hepatitis B vaccine causes autism in black boys at the rate of 500% more than Caucasian boys. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is the one who I, was invited to the meeting that I, was, uh, that I called. They invited, they brought him, and he confessed this information. There's a video of me and him at an event. We both, you know, I opened up the event, and he came up. I brought him up, and he said that on video. That's on my Instagram page where he said that they know that 500% more uh, times black boys are, going, are getting autism from the hepatitis B versus white boys. He said that. That's on my Instagram page, and that's all over the Internet. So these are all the different things everyone should know. You don't have to be forced to take these vaccines. There are exemption forms. There are other ways to get out of it. And no, they're not safe. Yes, they are connected to autism, period. It don't matter what people try to tell you, that's, it's a damn lie. They are absolutely connected to autism. They are absolutely causing it, and along with many other things, and they are making money off of doing it. Um, and the last thing I'm going to say is they already looked at the fact that by the year 2032, one out of every two children will be on the autism spectrum, meaning at least one out of every two children in America will in some way be autistic by the year 2032 if we continue to vaccinate them the way that we're doing. Wow, that is, that's really deep. All right, so let me say this. Uh, anyone, if you hang up, you cannot get back onto the line. You will not be able to call back in if you hang up at any time. Just notice that if you hang up, you will not be able to come back onto the line. It will not let you back on. We're in overtime right now. We have 30 minutes of overtime, so let's get through these calls because we got a lot of people on. If you don't want to talk, you ain't got to say nothing. If you want to talk when I come to you, uh, I'm going to say, do you have a question? Get your question out there so that he can answer your question. I'm going to go to the person that's been on the longest. They've been waiting for 51 minutes. So wow. uh, let's go to uh, area code 915. Last four digits, 6773. You're on Behind the Scenes Radio with RZA. You have any questions? Hello, yes, yes. Um, shalom. Um, shalom, shalom, my brother. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a question. Um, I think, like, we need to change, like, people's minds and habits, right? Like, mm-hmm. to change um, society and our families to improve them. And uh, Mm -hmm. right now we have, like, basketball, football, and a bunch of, like, bad entertainment. Do you think there's such thing as good entertainment out there? And can you explain why basketball and football and, like, what the white lines mean? Absolutely. One, yes, there is absolutely beautiful entertainment. There's good entertainment, clean entertainment, a lot of movies, music, um, sports, tons of it. There's lots of good entertainment. Um, The problem is, is that the entertainment is being used to degrade the masses of the people to encourage death, destruction, a degraded level of life versus uh, being encouraged to live a happy, clean life, to be successful and flourish and, you know, bring unity among the whole of the human family. So it's being used to manipulate the people to do worse than good or to do negative things versus positive. 
Now, regarding uh, basketball and football, the white lines, and I think you probably have been following me for some time because I did break it down about the psychology of everything dealing with sports. But the white lines uh, in basketball, for example, the ball is brown with black, black lines around it representing the planet, okay, meaning the majority of the people are black and brown people on a spherical planet. The ball is round. The planet is oblongus or spherical, but it represents us as the original people. The white barrier represents the level or the area of which you are allowed to be free. Black people, when they're on the court, they are allowed to be free, to do whatever, fight against each other, you know, to, to kick each other, throw stuff, do whatever for the entertainment of the dominant society as long as they stay within the confines of white authority, which represents those white lines. You have to do all that you can to get past your brother, to get around him, embarrass him, do whatever, and as long as you can make that ball and put that ball, which represents your people, slam it into a net of white, which is subjugate your people and make them stay within a perpetual system of white supremacy, hence why the net is white. Now, people will try to argue this point, but this is what the point is. I know the original purpose of the game was with a peach box. A peach basket. Yes, if that were the case, they would have just cut out the bottom and left it as a damn peach basket. But why did they make it a white net? They could say for color purposes. No, they could just have it as chains like they do in certain hoods. They could just put up chains. But no, if they keep it as a white net, white barrier, white colors along the field in football and on the court and basketball. So everything deals with the system of white supremacy and black people only being free as long as it entertains the dominant society, and as long as it is along the confines and along the authority of the dominant society, but not per the freedom of black and brown people. So that is the psychology behind that. Yes, yes. And what do you think of, like, video games, Hollywood movies nowadays? Mm -hmm. Well, one, you know, Hollywood, of course, it was short for a Hollywood land, and Hollywood is the wood that was used during the pagan sun-worshipping holidays in Europe and in Rome when they were sacrificing people during the Roman Saturnalia to the god Saturn, and they were having orgies and homosexual traditions and all of these things. So Hollywood literally is a carbon copy of the Roman traditional pagan sun-worship, where they would men with men have sex with each other, men with young boys have sex with each other, and all that, and sacrifice each other, do blood sacrifice. All this stuff is literally what that is. It is from the Holly. Wood, Hollywood, same exact thing. During Christmas, it was a holly wreath, the round, circular, uh, green, leafy wood that you put on your door. It's holly. It's literally wood of holly. Same thing with the holly tree. All of it deals with pagan sun worship. So it is worshiping the devil. You could say it is worshiping. Uh, it's just pagan. That's what it's literally what it is. So Hollywood has to do everything that it can to push the agenda of everything that is wicked, you know, against the laws of God, you can say if you believe in God or not, um, but if they have to do everything that is degrading, and then they'll toss in some positive entertainment, some love stories, things like that to keep things balanced. But for the majority, it is created to control the masses of the people. They do not invest millions of dollars just to entertain us. That's not how this thing goes. They don't waste millions of dollars just to make us laugh. The movie industry is a mass mental manipulation machine, and it is the biggest form of mind control on the planet. How do you control a mass group of people? You use pictures, you use sound, you use video. 
and you use colors that control the subconscious of the mind, and you install commands through these videos, these pictures, and these sounds, and they do it every single year where they control which direction of uh, where they want the masses to go. And for instance, I ended on this point, the movie The Purge. Why in the hell would you come up with a movie demonstrating something that couldn't be possible in real life where all crime is legal for 12 goddamn hours and your justification is because the world is overpopulated, which was a real thing that Hillary Clinton said, the world is overpopulated, which is what Dr. Henry Kissinger, the 32nd Secretary of State under President Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford said in his National Security Study Memorandum 200, where he said, quote, depopulation should be the highest priority of U.S. foreign policy towards the third world, end quote. Why would you create a movie that encourages murdering of people and say that it is because of depopulation when in real life you said that depopulation is an actual problem? So what are you doing? You are desensitizing the people and making it to where once the time comes that in reality, when you want them to do something evil or wicked or kill another, they will more than likely be inclined to doing it because they have already done it mentally so much because you've already put them in that mental state of mind over a protracted period of time. And you enjoyed it. You mean, Some people be watching The Purge right now, they'll be like, man, hell yeah, if I was with my cousin, man, I'd knock him off right now. I'd go ahead and take him out, man. I've been... I can't stand that. People, they'll joke like that, but, but the moment you get into that frame of thinking, they got you. They got Do you. you. And now that, they, they, turn to a, they turn it into an actual TV series now. So it's, right. it's, it's Do you crazy. Think, Do you think that they because uh, when I watch movies, yo, like, I really pay attention to movies, and, like, I really, mm-hmm. like, try to look through whatever. Like, I always watch a movie, like, two or three different times because you can always pick up on stuff. Um hmm I, and and every movie that I, I believe that they make movies to let you know what is going on, what will happen, and what has happened. But so mm-hmm. do, do they just they make them and they show you what they're thinking about doing. Just nine out of ten times, you're <laughs> not thinking that they're thinking that they're going to do. Like a lot of these movies that they make, like are just like crazy. Like who would even think of something like that? Like, but yeah, the uh, the human, human, like for for instance. The uh, movie Human Centipede, if you've ever seen that before, that was like mm. one of the craziest movies I've ever seen. I was like, yo, who would even think of a movie like this? But anyway, but mm-hmm. anyway, right? Um, my question uh, was, uh, dang, about about the purge. Do you think that mm-hmm. at any time that it will actually really happen like that? They're already considering that. They're they're literally they're consider they're already doing. For instance, with I'll just say it this way. The police murdering us, that is that is a purge, number one. That is a purge. And number one reason why, that is, aside from them not wanting us, aside from them, okay, we don't work for them anymore, picking cotton, okay, all that. No, aside from all of that, you have organ trafficking that is real. You have organs that are required. You have more people on the list who require organs to live than people who are on the list to donate. So they cannot sit here and wait. So long. You got people who are worth a million dollars, people who are worth $10 million, and they're like, God damn it, I'm dying, and I need somebody with this heart, with these kidneys, with this, this liver. I, I, I can't wait. So they hire people to go into the government computer, and people who work for the government do this, and they search up who's an organ donor with the same blood type, same, uh, virtually the same diet, however they live, boom, the age, cool. And they set up murders, and they take these people's organs. This is a real thing. They do it in America, and they do it outside of America. So that is a purge. The purge is already happening, but it being blatantly out in the public, 
is definitely something they're considering. There was a congresswoman who was proposing to reinstitute slavery. A what? white woman. Hell yes. Oh, I think about a year or two ago, she was proposing this. Please, I, I, I think I, I think she is. I haven't checked that in a while. I, I just didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even research it too much because I knew it wasn't going to go through, and I knew she was probably going to be fired or voted out. It was, I think, probably a year or two ago. But she was proposing that in certain certain instances to reinstitute it. You know how they like to fancy it up with words. It's like wait, 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 what? To reinstitute slavery. So. Nothing should surprise you in this country. Okay, when they have when they mm-hmm. when they have these these horrific events like Katrina mm-hmm. and and um yeah. all the other hurricanes and stuff, and you you find or you hear about all these people that are missing, they can't find mm-hmm. their bodies nowhere whatsoever. Do you think mm-hmm. that they were taken and their organs harvest harvest harvest? Well, yeah. I said let me let me say it this way. I'll let you answer your own question. A heart is worth over $100,000 for a heart. There are over a million people on the organ list in need of body parts right now. Many of them need a heart, and a lot of them are worth money. A lot of these people are worth money. What would you do if you have mansions, you have wealth, you have businesses, and you're not ready to die yet? You're not ready to die. All you need is a heart. What would you do? I mean, well, you probably, you know, you would just say, okay, well, damn it, I'm going to find another way. But a lot of these people are very evil. So, yes, organ harvesting, very real. It is the one commodity that you need, everyone needs, that you cannot get in a store. So they are literally creating this. Katrina, death in a, Katrina was known. That was a known organ harvesting situation. Most of those children were never seen again. I'll give you another example. Over in L.A., during the riots, they arrested over 18,213 people. 10,000 of them never came back. This is a real thing, and a lot of people need to wake up to this fact. This is very real, and the organs of black people are the most potent, the most uh, nutrient-filled, the most powerful, and the most life-sustaining due to our high concentration of melanin. This is known, and they are using melanin right now to create creams, Melanin to create all of these uh, age-reversing creams and lotions and all of this. They're, you, they're literally getting it from our organs. So it's, so, it's a very real thing. Mm-hmm. What, what, I'm throwing so off. What, oh, wait, so what okay, about. I'm, I'm throwing off by what he just said. Because they're, white people want to become dark so bad. They, they have suntans, bathing, and right. stuff. So <laughs> right. why right. are they taking <laughs> And taking and like bleach creams, and they they mark they don't really market them here in the United States. They sell them, but they don't really market them. But they're marketing them in Jamaica Africa. and Africa yep. so heavily mm-hmm. and strongly. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Are you saying why? So you're you're asking why are black people purchasing bleaching cream? Is what you're saying? No, why they why are they marketing it so strongly? If anything, you would want the mm-hmm. person to kind of stay dark, so that they keep mm-hmm. their melanin. If you want to take them. So why are they trying to oh, make? Oh no! Oh no 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 no! Well, first off, first off, it's a product. That's the number one reason. It's a product, and it's 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 it. it they make a lot of money. Obviously, that's the number one thing. So they sell it to black folks who have self hatred in African countries in the colonized islands. They sell it to them because it's a lot of money. They make a lot of money from that project from from that product. That's the number one reason. But number two. The changing of the skin, the bleaching of the epidermis, the upper layer and the dermis, the lower layer of the skin, that does not affect the melanin itself, and it does not affect the organs entirely. 
the organs are still valuable. The melanin is still valuable. You're still producing it between your pituitary and your pineal gland. You're still valuable as far as the inside and the inner workings of your body. The outside is just what you look like, but you're still a black person, and your organs are still valuable, and they will still use them. But as long as you will make yourself lighter, it simply lets them know that you hate yourself, and you're not going to do a damn thing to protect your own people. So they already got you. You're not a threat. Right. So, while, so when right. they get you to not be a threat, they can then go and continue to do what they do, which is perpetrate and kill other black folks, and you won't say nothing about it because you clearly don't like being black yourself. All right. All right, let's go to, let's go to the next caller. They've been waiting for 53 minutes. So, wow. Uh, wow. Come on, uh, get them in there. Code, area code 336, last four digits, 5177. You're on Behind the Scenes Radio with RZA. You got any questions? Once again, area code 336. Peace, like um for the reason. This is Benita. I, I didn't know that I had pressed oh, anything Lucy, to be in my line. Oh, Benita. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, but I just want to say you've done a great job, and thank you to um, who, whoever is hosting Um I really appreciate it. I'm just listening and taking notes, so that's pretty Crazy much so it. Thank you so much, sister. I'm mm-hmm. so happy for uh, thank you for your support and thank you for all that you do as well, sister. Yes, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks. Yes, you all have a peace tonight. You as well. Assalamu alaikum. Looking for mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't mean to cut her off. Dang, I didn't mean to cut oh, her sir. off like that. Oh no, no, she, no, she, she right, read it. And yes, sir. <laughs> Okay, let's go to the next call. They've been waiting for 50 minutes. Uh, wow. 310, area code, last four, last four digits, 0995. You got any questions for Riza? Yeah, uh, my name is Davon. I knew Riza growing up. We went to something called Literacy Crusade. And I just oh, wait. I found them. Devon, hold on. Wait, them, wait. Uh, <laughs> what's good, bro? How you been? My brother, come on, man. It's been over, what, 10 years? Yeah, man, it's been some time, man. I was talking about my older brother about the uh, days, but I got a question. Uh, I'm a frequent marijuana user, and I know you talked about the marijuana and how it's been legalized and how they process it now. Can you uh, go in depth for me about that now? Because I was having a conversation with uh, one of my Mm -hmm. friends, and, um, you know, they was encouraging me to stop because of that same reason, but they don't follow you. It was just just ironic and... um, so I just decided, like, I need to, I need to get more information about it. So can you go ahead mm-hmm. and get a little skill about it? Yes, sir. Well, I'll just say it briefly this way, brother. Number one, the reason why they're legalizing marijuana is because they see a higher financial gain than tobacco ever gave them. Number one, they already looked at the numbers on it, and tobacco is about to look embarrassing compared to how quick and how much money legalized marijuana is about to make and is already making. That's the number one thing. If they can get black people to take on a product, to purchase a product that will help them to make a lot of money that they need, then that is what they're going to do. So black and brown people, for the majority, love weed. It's something that we've been using for thousands of years. It's natural to us. So they found that that is what they can use to gain access to the $1.2 to $1.3 trillion of spending power that we have, which they need in this government to stay surviving and stay working. That's number one. Number two, the main thing that they're looking at is not only are we going to legalize it, but we have to put chemicals in it to keep them coming back. So they Mm. have 
chemicals in it called atrazine. They have chemicals in it called paraquat. These are estrogen-type chemicals. These are also weed killers. These are weed-killing chemicals that you spray on weeds around your produce, around the plants and all of that. Absolutely. So the first one is atrazine. Atrazine, A as in apple, T as in Tom, R, A as in apple, Z as in zebra, I, N as in Nancy, E as in Edward. Atrazine, that's a that's a, a huge chemical that you need to know about. The other one is paraquat, P as in parrot, A as in apple, R, A as in apple, Q as in question, U as in umbrella, A as in apple, T as in Thomas. Those two chemicals are chemicals being used on all of the medical marijuana, and it's, of course, heavily in the marijuana that people think is natural. The majority of weed and marijuana that people think is natural, brother, the, the, the natural weed for the majority was wiped out in the 1930s. The oh. government went all throughout the country because they were planning to do what they're, what they're doing right now. So you have to look up something called synthetic marijuana EA2233. I'll say it again. Synthetic marijuana. E as an Edward, A as an Apple, 2233. That was a government program dealing with marijuana, and you, you research that whole thing, they'll tell you everything about it. But the major agenda behind this is depopulation is one, because they are trying to wipe out three to four billion people on the planet. The proof of that is in a government document called NSSM 200, N as in Nancy, S as in Sam, S as in Sam, M as in Mary. I think, sorry, uh, N, the first N is uh, like the word natural. So natural, Sam, Sam, Mary, 200. That's the first document you want to look at that talks about depopulation, and they, they're trying to get rid of three or four billion people on the planet. The other one is called Global 2000. That is another document that was issued under President Jimmy Carter where they're using food as a weapon, food, plants, and things like that as a weapon. So it has nothing to do with them loving black people and brown people. And, oh, yeah, weed is good now. It's natural, and we want to give all this natural stuff to people. Why in the hell would a government, which, number one, the, the number one group organization that makes the most money is the pharmaceutical industry. So if pharmaceuticals makes all this money on managing sickness, why would I legalize a plant that's going to supposedly cure the very sicknesses that I'm making money off of managing? How the hell does that right. make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's a, the, the agenda is very big, bro. It's, it's so big to where everything I just told you, people don't know about that. They don't know about this. They're just thinking, oh, shoot, man, the government, they're trying to make weed illegal when they lock your damn daddy up. They're like your uncle up. They're like your cousin up. For having a damn a nickel bag, a dime bag. They're like, oh, right. five years, ten years. And now all of a sudden, because the majority of white folks want it, you're going to legalize it, or is it because you're trying to get rid of us? Either way, the point is the agenda is not good. It's not a pure reason behind legalizing it. It has nothing to do with a positive reason other than money. They want money, of course. That's the number one for them, money, but also getting rid of us and making it to where we are sterilized and infertile so that we cannot have children. That's the agenda. And you want my words on that, bro. Yeah. Uh, no, what, no I, I think I already know the answer to this. Once they legalize marijuana, 
I know they're not going to let anybody who's been locked up for having marijuana out or selling marijuana out because they'll say that they (laughs) sold or had the product during the time that Uh it was illegal. (laughs) Come on. Come on. See, now, 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 there was a. It'll be legal out in the street, and you can go Mm -hmm. into a pharmacy and buy it, but people who've been Mm -hmm. growing it or whatever are locked up for the same thing that you're going into the store to buy. Or you're going to go buy a Coca-Cola mm-hmm. and it's in a Coca-Cola. But do, your uncle or somebody mm-hmm. sitting in jail for something that you're mm-hmm. buying. See, now, now mind you, yeah. now see, funny thing is, all over social media, and this is another reason why I try to tell people about our artists. Just because our artists got money and a lot of followers does not mean they have intelligence. And I, and I know a lot of them personally. They reach out to me and ask me a lot of the same questions that you ask me so that they can understand what's going on that a lot of them do not know. So they will sit here and promote all kinds of people. They'll promote all kinds of stuff. There was a, a Caucasian woman, I believe she's running for some form of office, but she was talking um, on, I think it was Channel 55 or something like that, and she was talking about how we should, you know, legalize marijuana, and then after legalizing it, we should go and release all of the people who were locked up, you know, in our state as a result of possessing marijuana. Now, see, that is a, you know what, that's a nice political move. And someone who was in political science as a major, talking about myself, that's one of the slickest things that a politician will do. They will make you feel so damn happy. Like, oh, then they finally get it. She said it. They're going to release all my, you know, my people was locked up for having marijuana. They're not going to do that. It, financially, they can't afford that. They cannot afford to just release prisoners. Why? They're going to have to break the contract with the corporations that make money from prisoners working for these companies like Sprint, like Verizon, like Sara Lee, like Apple, like Dell, like Nike. They have contracts with them. They're not going to violate that damn contract with these companies just because, oh, it, it overturned that the marijuana is legal now. No. That's not how this goes. Anybody who thinks right. it's that simple, they don't know what's going on. It ain't that simple. And the marijuana that people want to smoke today is not entirely natural. The vast majority of it is not even close to natural. Not even close. So, so, so you're mm-hmm. telling me when I go, so you telling me when I go to my weed man and get weed, that's not the natural <laughs> weed. Bro, because the, so the, the stuff that they're yeah. that they're trying to make that they're trying to make legal, I know I, I'm not gonna smoke that. But I'm talking about the weed that you get from the street, from your homie, around mm-hmm. the corner. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Is, is yeah, that yeah, yeah. the good weed that we can smoke? The the majority of that weed and all weed, period, in this country is not natural. The majority. The majority of weed was only able to even be released into the streets. One, when the Mexicans were here and they called it marijuana and the uh, European called it cannabis. So, yes, some was natural earlier. 40, 50, 60, 70, you know, years ago, yes, and the natives had some as well, and they had peyote, tobacco, they had all that. But the government went through all of that. They went through all of that. And when I say all, I'm talking about, bro, they went through, they know where the majority of marijuana came from, which was in Asia, which is where it originally came from, was Asia. So they know the whole strain, where it came, the pattern. They went through all the major cities, the cities from where Mexico was, all up through California, all up through Nevada, Texas. They traced it, and they went and looked at every place where supposed natural marijuana could be, and they pretty much wiped out the majority of it. But are there some people so with some natural weed in, in America? And, oh, hell, so ooh, hell J- Jamaica? Oh, no. Hell, Jamaica's small. No, no, no. They, they've been to that. Or not and here's the main thing. What about Amsterdam? Uh, just, well, no, yeah, no, no. I was going to say outside of this country, 
you'll, of course, you'll find more natural marijuana outside of the country. But here's my main thing. We should not be focusing on smoking weed is the number one thing. If you're going to do it, cool. Do your thing. The number one medicinal side of that plant is the CBD cannabidiol oil. That's the beneficial part of the plant. Putting fire to it, that's the, that's the thing you should not do. Why? Because once you put fire to it, you change the chemistry of it, and you release what is called phenols. Phenols are estrogen derivative chemicals. So a man smoking weed, and some brothers will try to argue this point, they can go, you can try, but in chemistry, you release phenols when you put fire to the plant, and it enhances the level of estrogen that goes into the body. So you become softer, whether if you notice it or not. It takes time. It takes time. You see what I'm saying? So that a lot of people are like, no, hell no, man. We don't do that, man, because I ain't gay. You know, I, still, I still like smashing females. See, okay, bro, I hear you. Just keep smoking. Just keep smoking. <laughs> you'll see how softer you'll get. You'll see how sluggish you'll get. You will not be able to access a higher executive level of thinking. Your mind, you will not be able. The more you smoke, you literally will not be able to access a certain part of your mind after a certain point. Some people say, I'm more intelligent when I smoke. No, 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 no. Hold up, bro. Nah. Trust me when I say this. Hell no. You're not more intelligent because what you're saying is, okay, fine. So if that's the argument, you're more intelligent when you smoke. So what you're saying is that's your drug. You need it. You need it to be able to access a, a higher level of thinking that you should be able to access naturally without smoking. You see what I'm saying? So what argument is it? Do you, so it's not a drug, you don't need it? Or, or it is and you do need it to be able to think clearly. I don't smoke. I've been done with that since I was nine years old, but I see what the enemy's doing. So I'm not attacking my brothers and my sisters who choose to smoke. I'm just letting you know what the enemy is doing with this so you can understand, like, okay, these bastards coming after us with something that we've already been using for thousands of years, and they're using it against us for their benefit. That's the point. So if anybody wants to be a part of the weed, my recommendation is research the cannabidiol oil. That kills cancer cells. That, you know, handles uh, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and all that. The oil is the medicinal side. But the smoking of the plant, even the Rastafari nation, the elders are telling their brothers, don't smoke that the, the herb no more, brother. No, we don't smoke the herb. They're saying that right now. They say, no, right. don't, smoke the, don't smoke the herb. It's the Rastafari. Because people like men in Jamaica, got the, they got the bomb bomb. Okay, well, go talk to the elders. They'll tell you. They're like, uh-uh, we don't smoke no more. These are the oil, fine. But the smoking, mm and the next thing that they're doing, brother, they're promoting it to children in edibles. They're going to make edibles. And right now, Coca-Cola is now considering making a marijuana drink. Right. Okay. With the Native American smoke, you know, when they would smoke the peace pipe, is that yep. similar to weed? Oh, no. No, no, no. I was, I, now, mind you, I've been to Standing Rock, North Dakota, and fought against the pipeline with the Native tribal nations myself. I have been in a peace pipe smoking Ritual. And to answer your question, no, I did not inhale. No, I did not. <laughs> it was a big pipe, too. I was like, God damn, this, this is real. Like, they're passing it, blessing each other and everything. But I didn't inhale because that's not my belief. But I respected it. So the, the aura of the tobacco, I waved it around me, you know, because they believe it's covering the spirits of the ancestors. And, you know, you're invoking the spirit of the ancestors and, and the great spirit, which, of course, I agree with. Um, but it's a completely different thing. People today, brothers in the hood don't smoke that they can contact their ancestors. Let's yeah. be real. All right, like they, they ain't smoking like, oh, I'm about to talk to my great-great-great-grandmother. No, bro, that, that ain't, that's, that's not what, we, what you're doing today. You get what I'm saying? That's what the natives do that for. They don't smoke just to smoke. They do that because they believe with the ghost dance is one of the traditions and other different 
um, uh, different traditions, they believe that they are contacting the ancestors. They are contacting the great spirit. They are going back mentally into the past, and they're able to learn wisdom from the ancestors through the smoking of tobacco. That's, the, that's what they believe, and that's why they do it. They don't just be around smoking, smoking, smoking. That's not how that goes. But for us, you know, we're just doing it just to smoke, just to get high, get loose, whatever, chill out, relax, and that's how the government got it us. Pain, so, but it's not mm-hmm. working. I did it for pain, but it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. You, you said, uh, said again, you said, what stopped working? I, I, I actually used to smoke, not constantly, mm-hmm. but I, whenever I had real severe pain, I would smoke. Because pain oh, medications yeah. don't work for me. But even that mm-hmm. is not working. Yeah. Yeah. See, now, mind you, that's another reason why people do it. They do it for pain. Cancer patients do it to, to gain the appetite. See, all of these different things. But there are other ways you can do that. You can get the oil. The cannabidiol oil. That will relieve pain. Cannabidiol oil, that will help with your appetite. That's what it will do. The smoking of it, that's not what, it's not what you're supposed to do. It does not help you. It literally, it slowly is damaging the body. And that's what a lot of people got to get. It's suffocating the lungs. It's destroying blood vessels in your eyes. That's why your eyes are turning red because they're trying to get oxygen and you're clogging them up. It's not because, oh, it's just, oh, oh yeah, my glaucoma. Of course, if you high, you think you can see better. Come on now. I'm from Compton, bro. Hey, come on. Like, you high, you think everything is better. You laugh at every damn thing. Everything is funny. Everything is fun. You kill it. Like, let's be real, man. Like, I, I mean, come on, man. I'd be like, y'all don't knock it off, man. Like, come on, man. Like, come on. <laughs> so, 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 like, come on, man. So, so that's the point behind all that. And the number one thing, aside from all of this, that everyone needs to know, the government is allowing you to smoke, so that when they do raid your homes, when they do come down and pull you over, when they do come against you and start beating you up, you will not have the physical ability to fight back because your chemistry has been manipulated and knocked off balance. They know what they're doing. The majority of police officers do not smoke. They don't smoke not just because they work for the police department, but they don't smoke because they train every day. They train in tactics and fighting and defense every day and tactics every day. They work on stamina. They eat a lot of meat that has a lot of adrenaline in it, a lot of beef, and a lot of chicken, and they are trained to go after you. It's not a joke. So you smoking and you relax, they ain't smoking. And they training. So you think you're going to be able to defend yourself if a police officer raids your apartment with you and your children and your wife or you and your baby mama and your children and your family? No. You're going to be easy prey for them. So I don't give a damn what nobody say. I ain't smoking because I know what the enemy is doing. I'm not about to sit here and fight more for, for marijuana and weed than I'm going to fight for the freedom and liberation of my damn people. Ain't no plant worth the liberation of my people. I don't care what nobody says. And if you're going to use it, use the oil. But your people are more important, so you should... Exercise your mind. Smoke knowledge. Get high on knowledge, man. Be on cloud nine with the knowledge. You ain't got to get high. <laughs> right. You ain't got to get high. I'm just saying. It, we used right. to be able to do that. Sure. It was more innocent. It was more natural. Absolutely. But today, this enemy and this government is so goddamn slick, y'all. They, they, they're so slick. So we, sadly, we're not able to do all the natural stuff that we thought was natural because they have denatured nature. And we got to know what they're doing. So what what can we be looking for from RZA in the next year? Oh, man. Ooh, brother. I, <laughs> uh, well, I know Hidden Colors will be coming out in July, uh, Hidden Colors 5. And, and I was honored to be a part of that. Tariq Nasheed, you know, hit me up. And I flew out to L.A. 
to record um, that. So I'll be featuring him in Colors 5. I'm very honored for that. Um, another documentary is called Why Our Children Dealing with Vaccines. There are, uh, I'm, in, I'm in the middle of writing a book right now. Uh, it is called Intellectual Extremists. And it's uh, pretty much highlighting how it has never been about our identity that they have hated, but it has been the intellect that we possess that they have always hated and have been after. Uh, and it's ex- extremists with an X, like Malcolm X, and because the Nation of Islam, when, we, when you join, you receive your X. But the Malcolm was just one who had an X. I have an X. The majority of brothers in the nation have an X. And so it's intellectual extremists because once you receive an X, it demonstrates that you're no longer a slave and you no longer carry the slave master's last name. So intellectual extremists, because the FBI is saying that uh, we're BIEs or black identity extremists, but that's not what it is. It's black intellectual extremists that they're afraid of. So I'm in the middle of writing that book. Um, I'm right now on a speaking tour across the country. A lot of different people are booking me, and which is why I tell people, book me now because it's, it's filling up. And um, just being, I'm in the community, brother, in the community on behalf of the minister. Uh, we have the shifters group, myself and a lot of other individuals who came together just to get rid of the egos and say, let's all come together, use our resources to help our people. And just in the hood, brother, wherever my people are, bringing solutions, waking the people up, and helping them to come out of the conditions so that we can go into true freedom, justice, and equality. There's a whole lot going on. <laughs> all right, so what we do at the end of the show, because it's the end of the show, we can't get to any more callers because we can be shut off at any time. So what we do at the end mm-hmm. of the show we give shout-outs and what we're thankful for. And so we're going to start with Nisi and what you're thankful for. Give you shout-out. That's Ah, <laughs> uh, Shout-out to every single person that calls in. Everyone mm. is going to download the episode later. Everyone who listens online, I am thankful for my four heathen daughters, my three, one, two, three, my fourth grandchildren, <laughs> my fifth one that's on the way. Um, I'm wow. thankful for church sometimes. Um, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it works my nerves, as y'all already know. They call in on a regular basis. Um, I'm mm-hmm. thankful for all of my followers on social mm. media, and I'm not going to name drop, but thank <laughs> y'all. <laughs> that's right. All that's right. right. All right, so Rizzo, give your shout-outs and what you're thankful for, man. I'm, I'm thankful, brother, to Almighty God a lot just to be able to breathe, be able to get up and be on this mission, brother, to change the lives of my people and do my part in our resurrection and, and our liberation. Thankful for the two of you for all that you do in your part for helping to raise the awareness of people, bring us back to the knowledge of ourselves and bring us back into a position of power. Uh, thankful for Mr. Farrakhan and all of our leaders who have been pushing this fight who have been fighting against the system and its enemy for a very long time, all of our ancestors, uh, all of those who follow my network, all of them, I love them very much, all of y'all, all of those who are following me on my network, my pages, who have looked me, supported me, purchased products, whatever, all of it. Brother, I'm thankful for my family, my mother, of course, my future wife, I don't know who that is, but definitely thankful for her and my future children <laughs> and everything. I'm just thankful for all of it, man, and, uh, and just happy that I'm able to do something to help our people. Shout out. Mhm. All right. Um, let's see. Um, I want to start off by saying, uh, thank you for coming on to the show, Rizza. 
Um, I'm yes, very sir. appreciative of it. You know, you didn't have to, but you did. You know, um, I'm very appreciative of that. And also uh, the person that I was talking to on the phone that I was dealing with, thank you, you know, if they're listening, um, that deals with Riz's business part because they were very uh, business. They were very nice and, and dealt with me very well. Um, yes, I want to give a shout-out to um, my mother, first of all. Without my mother, I would not be who I am today uh, without her giving me the milk of life out of her breast to make That's sure right. that I survive. Um, my father for kicking my ass and keeping me the fuck out of the penitentiary and teaching right. me the things that I needed to know to survive and to be able to mm-hmm. take care of my family and to be a good father and a good husband to someone. Uh, I want to give mm. a shout-out to Nisi uh, for dealing with my craziness because I know that sometimes I can be really, you know, crazy. A lot of the times <laughs> I can be crazy, uh, but... <laughs> With my craziness, it's a reason why I am the way that I am, and I'm all in everything that I do. It's always with love. Sometimes it may be, you know, aggressive, but everything that I do, I do with love, and it doesn't matter who it is. Se- uh, fourth of all, I want to give a shout out to everybody that called in. If we didn't get to you, I'm sorry that we couldn't get to you, but it was, you know, we about to run out of time, but. Uh, Shout-outs to everyone that called in. There's still people on the line right now. Shout-outs to y'all. Y'all the greatest. Uh, Shout-outs to all the artists that send us music. Without the artists that send us music, we wouldn't even have a radio show. If you want to send your music in to get your music played on Behind the Scenes Radio, make sure you send it to B-H-I-N-D-T-H-E-S-C-E-N at gmail.com. It has to be MP3 formatted. Make sure you send your Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook information, a bio, two pictures. You know what I'm saying? We get your music played. We may even get you on here for an interview. It's up to you if your music is good. Even if it's not good and you got a good personality, we'll still get you on here. Um, Shout-outs to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all my followers. Shout-outs to um, my hometown. Oh, shout-outs to Kansas City Chiefs, man. Y'all, y'all man, want come it. on, you know come on. <laughs>
Mm-hmm. And just shout out and just shout out to everybody, man. You know, I'm very grateful for for everyone in my life and everyone that um that is a part of what I'm trying to do and 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 to get, you know, um knowledge out there. You know, I don't know everything, so I be stealing everybody's post and posting the things up there that I know that <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? I I, I ain't gonna lie, I've still a lot of people's stuff. Hey, you gotta do it. Look, we all we all recycling, brother. Come on. Right, right. We all recycling, so I still a lot of mm-hmm. right. I, I, right. It's not just your post; it's everybody's post now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. We you know follow, but yeah, we we give credit. I give credit. Maybe not you. Mm-hmm. That's because you were part of the team. You you part That's of the right. team. You don't get the credit. <laughs> but um, shout out to everybody, man. Y'all the greatest, man. Make sure that y'all tune in. Uh, Make sure that you tune in next Saturday. We don't really know it next Sunday. Next Sunday, make sure you tune in next Sunday. Um, we don't. We don't really, have a guest. We'll have yeah, we don't talk about something. Yeah, we always talk about something crazy. Um, and we gonna leave y'all with. Uh, let's see, we gotta leave y'all with a good song. We gonna leave y'all with oh, uh, Black Thought. Let's do Black Thought. Rest in power. Yeah, Dang, so we gonna leave y'all with this, and we out this piece. Thank you, Rizza. Yes, sir. Very much. I really do appreciate it, man. We out. Much love, family. What'd you say? Oh, wait, hold on. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Sanford Police Department. There's a real suspicious guy. He's up to no good. Rest in power. Rest in paradise. If I could change matters, I would spare a life. Because lives matter. It's clearly nothing as dear as life. You have become a symbol in the spirit life. Rest in power, rest in paradise. If I could change matters, I would spare a life. Cause lives matter, it's clearly nothing as dear as life. You have become a symbol in the spirit life. They say that uh, time heals all wounds. It does not. In America, one tradition that lasts is black blood woven into the fibers of the flag. Not addressing the problems of the past. To nowhere fast will follow in the path. So-called leaders on higher for the clan. Still raping and setting fire to the land. Well, that's the climate. How can I become a man? If survival is a triumph and we got the underhand. Listen, one killer, one child, one weapon. The shooter was unthreatened. 71 seconds, so many unanswered questions. I see reflections of myself. I feel like in fatherhood, we are connected. Too long before the shooter was arrested. So wrong worldwide, we've been affected. To them it's real, sins of the father remembered still. For every Trayvon Martin, there was an Emmett Till. You killed my son. How many more kids will we wait for them to kill? My tears collected like raindrops on a windowsill. If the wounds heal, the memories never fade. I wonder if you're in heaven's 11th grade. 6,230 days, too young of an early age, such evil and worldly ways, the thing in which we believe, the way in which we behave, the way in which we've evolved, the mindset that we became, listen, rest in power, rest in paradise, to all the babies too young to have had to pay the price, cause lives matter, there's clearly nothing as dear as life, you have become a symbol in the spirit life, rest in power, rest in paradise. Know as long as you still got somebody here to fight, your lives matter. There's clearly nothing as dear as life. You have become a symbol in the spirit life.